Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Keeping It Real Fridays on the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. It's not too often nowadays that we are live on uh, on Keeping It Real Fridays. If you guys have been tuned in over the last seven years or so, Keeping It Real Fridays has been known as one of those nights where we just kind of let loose and keep it a little bit extra real, you know, realer than, than normal. And I plan on doing that on this evening just for a little bit. Um, tonight we want to talk about low-down, dirty bastards, okay? You know what I mean? We've been talking about this show for a little bit, talking about doing it. It's a show that, you know, is is important in today's society because, you know, unfortunately, you know, there are a lot of women out here who find themselves dealing with the, the liars, the dogs, the cheaters, the players, the deadbeats, uh, the psychos, they're just the straight-up worst of the worst, the type of men who, who prey on women. And, you know, 99.9% of the Dayton Tolbert show historically has been helping women identify what type of behaviors will, you know, will attract those types of men and how to avoid that. But I think it's, you know, it is important, even if it's every so often, you know, to talk about the actual men, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think that's important. Um, it's not, you know, like I said, it's important in, in that, the, you know, acknowledging that they exist, but our focus is, always has been, always will be helping women avoid those men. But, um, you know, that being said, though, we do want to take some time tonight to just talk about um, some red flags uh, to to help women recognize early on as opposed to when the stuff hits the fan. You know, there are, you know, there are actually many red flags that can be seen even on the first date, um, the first week, the first conversation that should indicate, hmm, this is a man whose intentions are not, you know, in my best interest. You know, I may need to walk away. And, uh, and yeah, so we're going to we're going to talk about that tonight. Definitely feel free to, uh, you know, hit us up with any questions or comments or feedback or you know anything that you may have uh, that that's on your mind? Keeping a row Fridays we've, has been known for having some great calls, some great situations, some great stories, and um, you know I, I look forward to tonight's show. My co-host Courtney is here this evening. Courtney, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing tonight? Doing. You know I'm always good on a on a live show, especially Courtney on a Keeping It Real Friday show. It's been a little while since we were last live. On keeping, we've been doing a lot of Saturday Night Lives lately. Not a lot of Keeping It Real Fridays, though. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true. Shout out to everyone who tuned in to the last time we were live, which was uh, Courtney helped me out. What was that? Monday night? Sunday night? I think it what? was Monday. No, I don't remember. <laughs> who knows? Monday. Yeah, it was Monday. Monday. Yeah, it was Monday where we discussed the friend zone. Interesting show, you know, uh, an unexpectedly, I shouldn't say that. It was, I'll say this, it was realer than I intended it to be. You know, we're always real, we always keep it extra real. But, you know, honestly, God, the Lord, he really showed us some some uh, applicable scriptures that actually pertain to a lot of the stuff we were talking about as far as how to avoid being targeted, how to avoid being labeled uh, and, and put into that, that friend zone how to avoid, you know, a, a man uh, trying to make you a jump off and things like that, and just what the friend zone encompasses. So uh, if you missed that show, definitely check out all archive shows at uh, on iTunes, uh, where we're actually over 3 million downloads uh, over the last seven years. So shout out to everyone who's, who supports us on iTunes around the world, and, um, you know, as well as uh, at Dadon Tolbert Show. Dot com. Courtney, any feedback on that particular show? It was, it was uh, actually ended up being one of my favorites. Yeah, it was one of my favorites too. I, I loved it, you know, simply because, I mean, it was a great topic, and I know that it was something that a lot of women can relate to, and men too. So it was just good um, to talk about it, and then to hear the callers, people call in and give their perspective on, you know, the situation that they've dealt with or are dealing with currently, um, that was good, too. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, This is going to be our last live show before Christmas, get to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. I'm excited about that. Christmas is always uh, one of my favorite holidays, spend with family and, and, and friends and you know, just have some time, you know, to to myself, and and uh, and so I just want to encourage you all, you know, to to really reflect on the the not to sound cliche, but literally, you know, to reflect on the reason for the season, because it's not about Santa Claus, you know what I mean? It's not about reindeers or any type of other foolishness that this industry, this you know, the entertainment industry, um, the government would like you to think it is, you know, it, it's about. I mean, even Christmas trees to a certain extent, I mean, it's all an attempt to take away. I don't really want to go too deep into how Christmas even came about, you know what I mean, but definitely research that on your own, and there's a lot to that, you know what I'm saying? And what, 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 the, what we're seeing in today's society, they're trying to take it back to, what it originally was, you know what I'm saying? We as Christians know that it became the celebration of Jesus Christ. It's not, you know, uh, obviously Jesus Christ wasn't born in December. I think we all know that or should know that by now. But it originally started out as as a pagan holiday. And so what a lot of t- what is happening is they're trying to take it back to being a pagan holiday. They're trying to take it back to being something demonic and satanic and, and, and commercial and things like that, you know, by shoving the presents down our throats and, you know, uh, you know, Christmas trees and reindeers and Santa Claus and just all types of foolishness. So um, just be aware of that. I mean, Courtney, you see that. I mean, what, when you think of Christmas, what does it mean to you? Christmas to me is just a time to celebrate Jesus Christ. It's a time to give. Um, I I don't look at it like I used to. You know, when I was little, when you're a kid, you think of, oh, you know, all the presents that you're going to receive. But 
it's not about that. It's not about that at all. And now, you know, being an adult, I realize just the true meaning of it. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I would encourage you guys to do is, um, you know, is to, I said online, it's, um, it's, don't ever, put it like this, don't ever allow your financial needs, your, um, you know, material needs, anything like that, to supersede your spiritual needs. Because if you do things the proper way, God will supply all of your needs. And I want you all to really keep that in mind when you think about this holiday season, Christmas, even, you know, going into New Year's. This is a time when people spend so much unnecessary money. You know, like Courtney said, you're supposed to be giving and more concerned with giving as opposed to receiving. You don't have to, you know, go broke, you know, to give. To You don't have to go broke to show your appreciation for someone. You know, a lot of times it's all about just spending time with that person, showing love. Show some love to your kids. You know what I'm saying? Tell your kids. You know, when I grew up, it was it was more so about getting together and, and singing Christmas carols and reading reading stories. And I mean, yeah, we woke up. You know, we would all spend the night over at my grandparents' house, and you know, on uh, Christmas Eve and wake up Christmas Day and and open uh, Christmas presents and things like that. But it was it was I mean that was secondary to the fact that we were just all together. And I think that we've as a society gotten away from that and putting too much put too much emphasis on uh on the material aspect of things. So just keep the reason for the season uh in mind and uh you know we can we can go from there and I think everyone will be uh will actually be blessed as a result of, of doing so. Now speaking of seasons, Courtney, you actually did cut came out of a, a, a mini uh video blog retirement. I'm in a <laughs> Hello? I think we may be having some technical difficulties with Courtney as we try to get her back on, but but yeah, Courtney came out. You know, while we get her back, she came out of a, a little bit of a a, a slump uh, that I've been in for. I shouldn't say a slump. You know, we've just been doing a lot, guys. You know what I'm saying? We've been doing a lot. Uh, but Courtney did a recent video blog on cuffing season, and uh, when we get her back, we were. You know what I'm saying? It's it's a great video blog. Check it out on YouTube. Just Google her name or whatever, or you can go to uh, you know it's on my page, it's on her page, and things like that. But cuffing season, and we did a show on on that maybe about a couple months ago, probably around September, October, where we talked about what cuffing season is, what it's all about, how to avoid it. What you know what I'm saying, and and what it represents for so many people in, in, in today's society, and uh, yeah, I think we got Courtney back now, so she can tell y'all a little bit about what what inspired that from her perspective. Courtney, you you back? Yes, yes, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, oh, so um, cuffing season, what inspired it? So cuffing season um, was something a video I've always wanted to do, and it was something that I have been receiving a lot of requests to do. Um, around this time, um, you know, I, I do speak with a lot of people that are currently going through it or, you know, have in the past, and me being one of them, so it's something that I can directly relate to and speak on. So that was really, you know, the inspiration from it, my my own experiences. So you've been targeted during cuffing season? Yes, I have for about three months. It was like a three-month period where I thought I was in a relationship and I wasn't. 
And so, you know, finding out after the fact that, you know, the guy that I was dealing with was sleeping with other women, but I'm thinking that, you know, I'm in a relationship with this guy. And so that's something I know a lot of women can relate to, just being targeted for sex. And then, you know, once the weather breaks, you don't hear from him again. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty much how it goes. And as we begin our discussion on, um, you know, just low-down, dirty bastards, I think that, that, you know, times like this, are when are, are where a lot of emotional unavailability is birthed. You know, like we talked about, you know, you can go back a little bit to September, and that's where the seed is planted. You know, you get targeted, like Courtney said, she thought she was in a relationship for what you know a couple months or whatever, and the next thing you know, it's it's around the holidays, and then um, you know he's he's kind of in and out. There's a lot of sex going on. He's he's ducking and dodging. Or you know, having to exchange presents and bring you around the family, and next thing you know, so around New Year's, he, you know, from like what, December 26th, like that week of the 26th up until New Year's Eve, it's like all good. He's making up for the fact that he was MIA Christmas Eve and all that. Next thing you know, New Year's Eve, he disappears. He hits the clubs. You know what I'm saying? And then he he, he resurfaces somewhere around J- January 2nd, 3rd, and then you know they're going back strong for. You know, up until saying, you know, ducking and dodging around Valentine's Day, you know that whole thing. So, uh, unfortunately, a lot of women come out of cuffing season with the feeling of, wow, this guy's a real bastard. You know, it's been what six months, five, six months. I felt comfortable enough to let him have sex with me with no condom. You know what I'm saying? Just you know, doing any and everything with me, and and, and now I'm left in March with with. Uh, a pregnancy test that has a plus sign on it. And nowadays, what do they say, Courtney? You know what they what do they say? Yes, no. They they talking to you now. Like, yo, you are pregnant. <laughs> you know what I mean? Start playing the baby shot because you are having a baby. That nigga done got you knocked up, right? I, you, y'all know that's coming, right? They're gonna be talking tests in a, in a little bit, guaranteed. Ladies, bottom line is this: stop having sex with these men. Okay, no time for fun and games is over. This is coming up on 2014. Yo, stop letting these dudes hit it raw, man. I mean, seriously, yes, they're bastards. Yes, they're low down. But at the end of the day, you guys have to take responsibility for your bodies. I don't care how good the sex is. I don't care how good it feels without a condom. You're not allergic. Nobody's allergic to latex. That is such a lie. Stop lying. I've never heard that. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's allergic to condoms. You know what I mean? That's what I mean, Cordy. Come on, come on, Cordy. I mean, have you heard of anybody who was legitimately legitimately allergic to condoms? Oh, I I used to think I was, but no, you were. No, you were. Come on. I used to I used to say I was, so I don't know. But I, I will say I've heard that those excuses before. Heard men say that. Yo, this freaking! Yo, I'm gonna tell you a quick story. I've never told this on the show before. There's this, back in the day when I was in the height of my of my uh, my player days. This chick, I mean, she was like the biggest hoe ever, man. Like I, I, th- I didn't even never even saw her. Just met her like online in, in some capacity, something like that. And I think something was like, you know, I was like, yo, it was like at that time I was just like 
had like five, six, seven different women. I wasn't even pressed at all. I was like, yo, what's up, man? When are you going to let me see you? You know what I mean? Just throwing it out there. Had no intention of actually seeing her. Wasn't pressed at all. But she was like, I mean, you the one that's all busy, this and that. I'm like, well, look, I'm, so when are you going to make some time for me? Uh, you know that whole routine. I was like, all right, well, look, I'm going to swing by. Like, Friday night, you know, come check you out before I hit the club with the homies. She was like, all right, cool. Well, well, make sure you don't bring no condoms because I'm allergic. I said, what? I didn't even say anything about that. Can you believe that? This chick was so much of a hoe. I'm like, yo, you're already, forget the fact that you're talking about sex. I mean, that's hoeish enough. But you're talking about, you know, don't don't bring, I mean, is that not just unbelievable in today's society, court? That's crazy. She this was someone I hadn't even I hadn't even met her before. <laughs> oh wow. That's crazy. Yeah, man. It's crazy out here. So, um so that's the th- I mean, I mean, it, it, but as crazy as that is, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's it's real. And that's what we're seeing out here. And so, a lot of women are um dealing with men getting ST, uh, STDs by men, which is causing them to say, well, you know what, Dad, he's a real bastard. And, and some of them are, but it's all about avoiding those bastards. You know, what, what, I mean, what if you had to think, Courtney, and you had to, like, you know, uh, identify or, you know, label some of these guys or, or, like, could use an example or give an example of someone who you would consider a low-down, dirty bastard, what 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 would what would constitute being labeled that? That's a good question. I would say um someone that has absolutely no regard for your feelings, just very selfish and um just making it all about them, um, would be the main thing that stands out to me because I I've dealt with guys like that. Um, that just were complete jerks and just said whatever they wanted to say and just will talk down to you and just have no respect for you. That's what I think. That's a, I mean, that's a good example um, to a certain extent. I'll say that, you know, but for me, that is determined by how a woman presents herself. Okay. You know, like like, for example... There are a lot. I mean, if you're a, a street walker, if you're a woman who gives it up on the first date, you know, has no respect for herself. I mean, a man is going to treat you how you present yourself. So for me, that wouldn't necessarily be a low down, dirty bastard to me. Like somebody who treats a hoe like a hoe and has no. I mean, you know, I've had no regard for the feelings of a woman who clearly didn't respect herself. So I think that that is a, is an example of more so uh, a, an opportunistic type of guy. What what if you ask me though what a low down dirty bastard would be? I posted online with the description. You know you got guys out here. I'm gonna give you a real example too from from someone who's very popular, but just somebody like in a relationship with a really good woman, you know who truly does respect herself and, and is actually a good woman. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody who is really trying her best to be a good wife, a good girlfriend, trying to do the right thing, goes to church, trying to trying to build her relationship with God and different things like that. There are a lot of men out here who will take advantage of those types of women, you know, by cheating, 
you know, getting her pregnant, leave like deadbeat dads to me are a great example of low down, dirty bastards. I have no respect for men who don't respect their families, who don't respect their kids, who don't respect their wives, who don't respect their moms. You know, did you see the difference there, Courtney? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you say that because the second thing I was going to say was a man who doesn't take care of his kids. That should have been first, but yeah. Yeah, like, it's a lot. Like that To me, that's like a, a major one. That's like really big because if you don't take care of your kids, I mean, like, you, you, you got to, that's like the ultimate selfishness. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're only concerned or we're only concerned with getting the sex that led to those kids but aren't willing to step up and be a father. I mean, we've done tons of shows on deadbeat dads and, um, you know, uh, teaching men to be better fathers and husbands and, you know, all types of things. And I think that we will continue to talk about that. We've done uh, ten spotlights on domestic violence over the years, which is, you know, will always be important to me. So I think that, um, you know, yeah, it's just, you know, these fake we talk a lot about the fake call center players out here <laughs> making $27,000 a year trying to go to the clubs and act like they're some type of baller. And, and why are you laughing, Courtney? What do you know about that? <laughs> I'm sorry. It Is that who you're talking funny. to now? <laughs> yeah, currently I am dealing with a man who who makes that much. There's always popping bottles at the club, yep. Wow. No, I'm just playing. No, but I've seen that before. I have seen that before. Those men that are out there buying bottles for all of their friends, like they make so much money but can barely pay rent or maybe a couple months behind. Just priorities are just messed up. Right. A good example of a low-down, dirty bastard to me, I was online and I was reading a story, uh, an article about Peter from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Do you follow that show? Yes, I do. I'm I'm watching. I'm listening. And did you know that you know they did the whole thing about uh, what's her name, uh, Cynthia, uh, having uh, wait, Cynthia, right? Yeah. With Peter having uh, fibroids or whatever, and they were talking about how uh, you know she even confirmed to say now she was going to leave him had he not. Or no, I'm sorry, he was going to leave her had she not got the. Uh, the operation to deal with the fibroids because she wasn't able to please him sexually. Did you hear about that? Yeah, he's always been I'm a bastard. Like, so, yeah, I mean he's a straight up bastard. I mean that to to not like to to not support your wife. To I mean and be clear, guys. You know I said this what two three years ago when they first did the whole thing. You you guys know their that relationship is. Very, very temporary. I mean, I guarantee you that. I mean, I said it three years ago. I'll say it again now. I mean, you know, that's, I don't even think that needs to be said, mainly because of the emotional unavailability of uh, Cynthia. And he, in fact, is a great example of the type of man who women will attract when they are dating while in an emotionally unavailable space. And so, but yeah, that that situation is absolutely. Uh, I mean, in fact, if you missed our special, may even have to rebroadcast that at some point. I mean, uh, the special we did on the Real Housewives of Atlanta, and w- where we literally went through each of the, uh, you know, the cast members and um, you know discussed, you know, used them as great teaching tools to show, you know, the issues that many women in today's society struggle with from an emotional unavailability standpoint. But, yeah, Peter is just, I mean, to do that is just, 
yeah, that's like the lowest of the low, man. I mean, you're supposed to be there for your woman regardless of her health issues, regardless of, I mean, any type, any, really anything. When you take those vows that serious, I mean, she even said Peter would have left me, and he was like, yeah, I would have, I couldn't deal with that just because his, <laughs> his old decrepit self couldn't get some sex. <laughs> I mean, that's like, you know, this dude's like 80 years old, man. <laughs> What else do we want to talk about tonight? But yeah, we're gonna come. I want to say some more things about how to avoid dealing with uh, with the low down, dirty bastards. But a lot of people have been asking me. There was a lot of um, discussion online about you know before and after our show uh, last time about where we got into Beyonce's whole uh, this new album. Evidently, it sold something like eight hundred uh, some thousand copies uh, in the first uh, first week, um, which is you know congratulations to her. I think that one of the things that I was was saying online was that, um, you know, we as a community have to do a better job of educating our children and monitoring our children and what they watch, you know, what they um, they take in, what what goes into their spirit. Like when I grew up, there were. You know, my parents and I, we used to do, and really all my siblings, they used to do role playing. You know, like how do, you, what will you say if you're approached, you know, by gang members? What will you say if you are approached by people wanting you to try cigarettes or drugs? And you know, how do you deal with sexual situations? I mean, all types of things. Basically, everything that you need to know from a, you know, my father would would talk to us about certain situations that only a, a dad could teach his sons, you know what I mean, how to defend yourself, how to walk away from conflict, how not to walk away from conflict. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a time to, to run. There's a time to, to, to stay. There's there's a way to deal with authority. Like, there's so many different lessons that uh, I was taught by both my mother and my father and my extended family that these kids in today's society are not being taught there's so many different things that we were not exposed to to protect us and to shield us from certain things in society. There were certain television shows we couldn't watch, many different things we couldn't listen to on the uh, on the radio and, and CDs and things like that. And nowadays, it is not like that. Okay, And as we talk about low-down, dirty bastards, the worst possible men, a lot of this stuff happens, a lot of the stuff that women are seeing as adults was the seed was planted early on, and I, what I'm saying is we as parents have to do a better job at, at monitoring what these kids are watching and what they're listening to. Is it the entertainer's fault? Is it their responsibility? No, but at the same time, you do have to look at the source of the problem. That's like saying, oh, let's not blame drug dealers because... You know, the parents should tell their kids not to do drugs. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean the drug dealer isn't a low-down, dirty bastard. That doesn't mean the pimp isn't a low-down, dirty bastard for pimping out his whores. Yeah, the, what these women should have been taught not, you know, to avoid the pimps, but that doesn't absolve the pimps or the drug dealers or the murderers or whoever of the responsibility of doing what they're doing. You know, people like Beyonce are poisoning young black women. People like Jay-Z are poisoning young black kids. Should they have parents to protect them? Yeah, absolutely. Are they doing their jobs? No, absolutely not. You know, and and we need to do a better job of that. You know, and I mean, any thoughts on that, Courtney? Yes. You know, I really, 
I really wish that there were more great parents out there that did monitor their children, just especially in regards to this music that's out now, Beyonce, you know, being the ringleader, you know, and out of that, you just look at just how she dresses and just the sexual vibe she gives off, and you see these little girls walking down the street trying to emulate her, you know, trying little girls trying to be grown women, little girls trying to do grown-up things or what they think is going to make them, you know, be viewed as someone's wife when, unfortunately, it's making them being viewed as someone's whore. And a lot of a lot of the times it's because the little girls, they don't know better. You know, they're only going off of what they see on TV and music because that is what's raising them. And that is the very unfortunate um, part of it. And so, but like you said, she does have to take responsibility, she being Beyonce, um, with the music that she does make, you know, because she does play a role. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that people need to understand is that it's it shouldn't be this way, right? But because the parents, the mother and the father, should be the role models for their kids. The parents should be the people that these kids look up to. But if you have a low down, dirty bastard for a father, you have a deadbeat dad, you have somebody who is a forty year old father still trying to run the streets like he's you know, 21 years old, and you have a little girl, you have a little boy. I mean, these kids are going to look up to this guy like he's a clown, like he's a loser. So they're going to seek out alternative sources of, of, of role models. You know, Beyonce, I mean, same thing. Half these 35, 40-year-old moms, 45-year-old moms, if they love Beyonce, if they grew up listening to Beyonce and they're living vicariously through Beyonce, you know what I'm saying? Through their behavior, through their attitude, and different things like that. I mean, what the heck do you think these little girls are going to do? You know, and that's what the problem is. I mean, we have the people I debate with every day are the Beyonce fans who are making excuses. And people have the audacity to be like, oh, no, it's not her fault. It's the parents' fault. You know, the parents should be raising their kids. Well, yeah, well, then what do you do if the mom is a Beyonce wannabe? If the you know what I'm saying like what the heck does that mean for the kids? It's absolutely ridiculous. It's like nobody seems to you know be able to connect the dots between like what is actually happening in these households. These households are a hot mess. These low down dirty bastards seem like great men when you have a wino for a father, a drug addict for a father, a deadbeat for a father. I mean, you know, somebody the, the the fake call center player look doesn't all of a sudden doesn't look so bad, does he? You know, low down dirty bastards end up seeming like great guys when your dad is in jail, or you don't even know who your dad is, and that's that's what we got to get back to. What happens a lot of times is so many women have no problem dealing with low down dirty bastards because the bar has been lowered so much. You see what I'm saying, guys? We have to redefine greatness. We have to raise the bar for how black men should be because these black women out here think that low-down, dirty bastards, it's a good idea to have sex with them just because how, cause of the orgasm they can make them have. You know, an orgasm is not worth sacrificing your life. 
You know, I mean, back in the day, in fact, I said online today, man, I mean, you, you know, we have uh, we have to get back to, you know, the, the the fact that women, if you're, I said, if you insist on having sex with these weirdos, these bastards, the worst possible men, you know, for whatever reason, you insist on dealing with them and allowing yourself to be strung along by them, I said, at least don't get pregnant by them. You know, I mean, at least, you know, let them, make them use a condom. At least don't let them just stick to tipping, because we all know how that turns out. I mean, is that okay? Is that too much to ask, Courtney? No, it's not. I mean, that that needed to be said, because a lot of times women just become comfortable with men. They let the men game them up and tell them they love them and, you know, all kinds of, of stuff they tell them, and then they just feel that, oh, okay, it's not – it's not a bad idea for us to have sex without a condom because he said he loves me or because he gave me attention or because he bought me something, you know, anything. And that's the sad part. We just kind of throw um, our life just away, and we just we fall for it. And you should always use protection if you're going to do it. Yeah. I'm at that age now where, I mean, the saddest thing is that a lot of the guys that I grew up with, you know what I'm saying? Like they, many of them, or maybe even like men I know personally, and then just people who are the same age as me, they have kids who are now teenagers. Like that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like I could actually be a father of a of a teenager. You know? Is that, I mean that's like that, that's like amazing. You know what I mean? Just to think, because I, I I still feel very young. Like I still remember high school. I still remember graduating. Like I still remember all that. Seems like yesterday. And it's like a lot of those guys are bastards. And it's really scary to think, wow, like you're responsible for the way that these young girls are going to ultimately view men. Like that's very uh, disturbing to me, actually, because that's you guys know that's what happens. You know, the the father is the first example of of a man, of what a man should be that these little girls will ever see. And so, fellas, I mean, we got one shot at this. You know, you, you piss over the emotions of your daughter. You know, you give her an, uh, you know, an inaccurate depiction of, of how men, you know, are in today's society. I mean, it's a wrap. You know, that woman is going to have daddy issues for the foreseeable future, and it, which is unfortunate. I mean, it's good for business, good for counseling, but bad for the emotional state of the black women in our community. You know what I mean? Seventy percent of black babies are born into single-parent households. You know, and I see it. I see I talk with these women sometimes. A lot of these women are, are pissed off. They're mad. You know, they're angry. They're, they're, they're alcoholics in many cases, you know what I'm saying, just angry. I mean, really look at some of these single moms out here and, and the mental state, the emotional state of them. It's not, and not all, not all, not all, but in many cases, it's, you know, it's it's ridiculous, you know, and that's, and we got to start addressing, you know, the real, uh, the real problem. Going back to Beyonce real quick about that, I was watching, um, what was it, I was listening to, to one of those, these ridiculous songs, they were playing it on the radio. I think it's called Flawless. Did you hear that crap, Courtney? No, I haven't. Oh my goodness, man! <laughs> yo, yo, man! Like, I, every time I give her credit, man, I, I give Beyonce credit because it's like every time 
I think that she has said like the most ridiculous things. You know, uh, every time I think that she has outdone herself, you know, as much as she can possibly do. I mean, she, I don't even know if that's the name of the song, to be honest with you, but I know that um, there's one song that she has where she's just talking about how flawless she is and how beautiful she is and just how, you know, you should just tell men how, how sexy you are. And I'm, you know, talking about some, I, I woke up like this. This is just how I am. In fact, she said... I said online, I said, you're flawless, you woke up like this. I said, get the heck out of here. And I really didn't want to say heck. I'm just being honest with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Seriously, I said, you look like that after you put on your makeup, after you put on your fake hair, after you put on your fake nails, your fake eyelashes, that fake butt. You know that that those, those fake breasts, you know these push-up bras and little gel inserts that we as men know all about. I mean, and, and to you know to uh, to tell a man that you're flawless literally brings out the low-down, dirty bastards. So million eight hundred and something thousand women bought that in the first week, and so many of these women are embracing that arrogant, conceited, stuck-up, bitchy type of attitude that is the epitome of why so many black women are single. Don't you guys understand that? Did you know that? Man, I was talking to somebody uh, about this today in one of my counseling sessions. The reason why men target women for sex in many cases is specifically because of their attitude. Did you know that having an attitude will make a man want to hit it one good time from the back and never call you ever again? Think about it. Dogs have sex with bitches. Not just one bitch, but multiple bitches. I'm talking about actual animals, canines. You know what I'm saying? Think about it. A bitch is a female dog. And if you are dealing with a dog who goes from house to house having sex with multiple women, you know, woman after woman, the same way dogs do, you got to look at the connection there. If you have a bitchy attitude, you, okay, if you have anything less than the most humble, the most pleasant spirit, you will be targeted for sex. I mean, do you do you, I mean, do you believe that, Courtney? I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? I I do believe that, and you know, agree one hundred percent with that, and that explains a lot why I was targeted. I I wouldn't say I was. I guess I, I did have an attitude. I did. Um, I was very cocky. Like I probably would have liked the song "Flawless" or, or whatever the name of the song is. I would have liked that you know, years back. That probably would have been my anthem because I just carried myself like, you know, I was perfect. And it was just really, really what that is, is just covering up, you know, your insecurities. You you have an attitude or, you know, you try to make it seem like you're better or you're too good for that man. But, see, the thing is, the thing that women don't realize is that men can see right through that. You're not fooling anybody. So, you know, it, it doesn't end up good for the woman. She ends up getting played. That's the whole thing right there, okay? Bible says, 
Proverbs sixteen eighteen says, "Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before a fall." I mean, you know that that is exactly what happens. You will have that fall, you know, if you have an arrogant spirit. I mean, when you come off like you're flawless. First of all, no woman is flawless. Everybody has flaws. But when you have a stuck-up attitude, that just accentuates accentuates your flaws. And do you guys? I mean, you guys know I hear everything. I have my ear to the streets, and this is like the black woman's anthem right now. You you may or may not know that, but I'm telling you guys, like just about every woman I know is like black. You could drive outside. I mean, like you hear this song being blasted. You hear women singing it. Like, I'm in Target. Women are just singing it. Like, they got their iPod. They're, like, saying, I'm flawless, this and that. I'm like, flawless? First of all, you're fat. You know what I'm saying? No, And that's no disrespect, but you're fat. Like, you can't be – if you're overweight and you're unhealthy, you're clearly not flawless. And nobody wants to talk about that type of stuff. And, and, and there's – let me just say this. There's some beautiful big women out there, you know, I don't have any problem with that. Although I would encourage, I encourage everyone to, to be healthy. But I would say that if you're ugly, if you're fat, don't have an attitude. Okay, like don't you better be the nicest, the most sweetest, the most caring, the most passionate. Like I don't want to hear nothing. You know, I'm just being. Somebody needs to say this stuff, man. This is the stuff that all men say. Y'all just might be mad at me, but everybody talks about it because we're so. We as men are so sick of. Like Marv even said it in the group. He's so sick of seeing fives and sixes with these crazy attitudes. I know I am. You know what I mean? And nobody is gonna settle for that crap. All that is, it comes from low self-esteem. Okay, it comes from uh, being dogged and being abused and being hurt, and men feeling like, or, or excuse, making, making, having you feel like because of men that you have to have this wall up, that you have to have this false sense of pride up. And I'm here to tell y'all that you don't, because the most nicest and the most sweetest women will attract the best possible men. All right, I mean that's that's just like. It should be common sense. It should be, you know, I don't I mean, it should be obvious, but, you know, Beyonce, she is far from flawless. She's one of the most flawed women out there. Women think that this is, that, that she's beautiful. Beyonce's not beautiful. You know, and that that's the craziest thing. I mean, Courtney, you, you, there was a time when you aspired to look like that. Yeah, I wanted that look. I wanted, you know, to wear the tight clothes and, you know, have the, the hair, the weave. I remember I had a wig that was, like, all the way to my butt. Like, it was just ridiculous stuff like that, trying to be someone I wasn't, and then wondering why I was being targeted for sex. Yeah, I'm just, I just Googled this. I want to read y'all something, man. This, yo, this is crazy. This is, like, the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. We're going to take some calls. Let's see a couple calls in my life. But this is crazy right here. Verse 3 says, I want to read you all verse 2. Because here's the, the, the we did a show a while ago on the hypocrisy of Beyonce, where we, where we traced her career all the way from 2000 all the way up to now. We dissected the lyrics of at least, what, six or seven of her songs, her most popular songs from Independent Woman, Party, Survivor, um, 
I mean, so like everything, Freakum Dress, like pretty much we went down her, her greatest hits list and dissected the lyrics and talked about the effect that each one of those songs has done or, or had on, on these young girls. And so she tries to come, we, the point is we pointed out a lot of hypocrisy that exists in, in her music and, and how the image that she wants to be, you know, given to these young girls out here. This is a verse two that is very disturbing says we teach girls to shrink themselves to make themselves smaller we say to girls you can have ambition but not too much you should aim to be successful but not too successful otherwise you'll threaten the man because i am female i'm expected to aspire to marriage i'm expected to make life choices always keeping in mind that marriage is most important now marriage can be a source of my joy and love and mutual support. But why do we teach young girls to aspire to marriage and we don't teach boys the same? We raise girls to see each other as competitors, not for jobs or accomplishments, which I think can be a good thing, but for the intention but for the attention of men. We teach girls that they cannot be sexual beings the way that boys are. Feminists a person who believes in the social, political, and economic quality of the sexes. There's so much that we could even talk about with this. This is just, I mean, it appears as if she's dropping some type of knowledge here. She's Like she's saying some things that are actually important, whereas this whole thing is absolutely ridiculous. Because here's the thing. She says that we teach young girls to aspire to marriage, and we don't teach boys the same. Well, who, I mean, first of all, who does that? Because that, I don't know anyone who does that. You know what I mean? The best teachers, the best people, they they teach it across the board. Okay? Marriage should be, I mean, that's what I teach. That's what, you know, the best people teach is marriage is the goal, period. Not women should be wise and, you know, it's, no, I mean, I don't, unless you're marrying a woman, I mean, who are you going to marry if you're not marrying a, a man? You know, I, she says that we teach young girls that they cannot be sexual beings the way that boys are. And you can't be. You shouldn't be. Why would you even want to be? Basically, what she's saying here in her own twisted, hidden way is that women should be sexual beings the same way boys are. Is that women should be equal. They should be able to embrace their sexuality the same way men do. Well, let me tell you, that is the definition of a whore. I mean, and... Courtney, is that not what she's saying? Is she not saying that women should embrace their sexual being the same exact way that boys are? The same, like the fact, the way that it's okay to go out and be a slut, to be a whore, the way that men are, that women should basically do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, that is what she's saying. And I can admit, it kind of had me full for a second because I thought, you know, when you were first reading it, I was like, oh, that doesn't sound bad. But then when I actually started to hear you, like, the more you started to read it, it the hidden meaning was starting to appear, starting to surface. And it's like she says things in a way um, that, you know, can have double meanings. And, wow. It's, yeah, see, the I, thing know. of the thing about that is Jay-Z and Beyonce are are absolutely great at double entendres. They're absolutely great at hidden meanings. They're one of the people they are they are the type of people who say certain things that can be taken in multiple different ways. Okay? Hence the term 
I Don't Pop Molly, I Rock Tom Ford, anyone who doesn't know by now, that is a song advocating drug use, you know, designer drugs. That is not okay. You know what I'm saying? This is, I don't even need to go, but you know what I mean? That's just a perfect example of, you know, listen to the song Lucifer. I mean, so many songs that just are absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, I mean, even this new album. I mean, you hear there's so many double entourages, so much hurtful and, and shameful things that young women are are so excited about the uh, the possibility of embracing. And let me let me just tell you. Let me just go on here to verse three because this is this is a bunch of this whole verse. That second verse is just a bunch of foolishness and um, and just ridiculousness. <laughs> and this is where it becomes actually laughable. Okay, laughable. Verse 3 says, you wake up flawless, post up flawless, riding around in it flawless, flossing on on that flawless, the diamond flawless, my diamond flawless, this rock flawless, my rock flawless, ROC, double entendre, you know, she's not talking about the rock on her finger, she says ROC meaning Jay-Z, the rock, you know what I mean, like... as it basically saying Jay-Z is flawless, as we all know, Jay-Z is not flawless, in fact, far from it. In fact, a low-down, dirty bastard, you know, you know, great example of that. Uh, but I woke up like this, I woke up like this, we're fl- <laughs> we, we flawless. Ladies, tell them, hold on, let me just, ladies, tell them, basically telling young girls to tell men that you woke up like this. I woke up like this. We flawless. Ladies, tell them. Say. She's telling them exactly what to say. She's hypnotizing them and telling them, ladies, tell these men that I look so good tonight. God damn, God damn, say I look so good tonight. God damn, God damn, God damn. That's the lyric. That's what Beyonce is telling these young girls to tell men that they run into, I'm, I'm assuming at the club, or what, to tell these men that I look so good tonight and tell them that not only do I look good tonight, but I woke up like this, meaning <laughs> I don't have to work at this. This is my natural beauty. Like when you wake up, like, let me just break it down for you. When you wake up like something, right, you know, in the mornings, ladies, let me ask you quick, because I don't want to assume, I'm not a woman, but I know my wife. When she goes, like, let's say we go out, and she does, in fact, look good, she may put on a little bit of makeup, nothing crazy, maybe just a little bit. But as far as I know, as a man, when you come home, what's the first thing you do, Courtney? Take your makeup off. Exactly. You take it off. You don't go, you don't sleep with your makeup on. I don't know anything about that from a male standpoint, but I would assume that it could cause rashes and cause you to break out and, you know, lower the quality of your skin and different things. You would take your makeup off. You would, I don't know what y'all do, Courtney. When you have a wig on, you have a weave, do you, I guess wigs and, and weaves would be different, but, I mean, I don't know. Like my grandmom used to wear a wig. She used to take that wig off and put it on that little, that little <laughs> the head. head. I had the head. <laughs> right, the head. That's my my grandmom used to do. You take that off, and she had her hair pinned up, you know. But then again, she was about a hundred years old when she did that. What's you guys' excuse? What do, I mean, but you, so you said you had the head. 
Yeah, I had the head. I had wig heads. I had a couple. So you would go out, you would come home, though, you would wash off your makeup, and you'd take the wig off and put it on the head and then go to sleep. Yeah. So I would assume that when you would wake up, you would not look like what you looked like before you took off the wig and the makeup and, and, and all that other stuff, right? Right. No, I don't look the same. So my question would be, why the heck is Beyonce encouraging women who aspire to look like her? And if you're talking about, who, well, what does Beyonce look like? Well, she's the epitome of fake hair, excessive makeup, fake eyelashes, and all the above. Why, like, why are you lying? You know what I mean? Like, not only why are you encouraging women to be bold-faced liars, but what, I guess, what would convince, or what would possess her, well, we know what would possess her, but what would possess her to think or encourage women to think that men want a woman who even looks like that when they first wake up? Don't you guys know that when men talk, the number one thing that they want is to wake up with a woman with natural beauty? Every man knows that. Every man dreams about that, fantasizes about that, talks about that with his homies. Like, yo, man, I can't wait to just go to bed and wake up with the same person. They don't want to be surprised. You did not look. You did not wake up like that. You only look like that after. Extensive time in the bathroom, the mirror, the makeup, you know, little mirror that you have specifically for the makeup that will actually de- cause you your value to depreciate. I don't know. I mean, what? why the deception, Courtney? In my opinion, I feel like it's all a part of the plan, you know, because so many people are being hypnotized and just falling for it, and, you know, it's, in my opinion, I just feel like it's meant to have those women listen to the lyrics and, you know, act them out and portray themselves as being, you know, um, promiscuous. Just with the attitude and just the, um, you know, hypersexuality, all of that, and just have them being targeted by these men for sex. And, I mean, I feel like her music, it results in a lot of the problems that we see. A lot of the babies that we see born out of wedlock unfortunately came from situations where the woman was feeling herself and got played. I hate to say that, but that's the truth. And so Beyonce plays a, a vital role in that. It's, it's absolutely r- ridiculous. Um, in fact, I mean, the Bible confirms this stuff, guys. Bible says over in Philippians 2, 3 that, in fact, do nothing from rivalry or conceit. But in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. And so if you look at, you know, what's being said here, that actually, you know, when you tell a man, when you tell someone, you advise someone to tell him that you're flawless, that is the, I mean, it's like the exact opposite of what the Bible is, is advising women to do. You're not supposed to be conceited. If you say, hey, look, I'm flawless, I'd say that that classifies as being conceited, right? Right. I mean, that's that's like, it's not rocket science. That's 
very conceited. That's arrogant. That's having an attitude. If your goal is to be found by a godly man, I would assume that you want a man who, you know, would would look for a woman to exhibit qualities from the Bible. He would want a godly woman. What is godly about looking at a man and telling that man that you're flawless? I mean, right, is there nothing. anything? No. Nothing. Over the weekend, we've been, you know, this whole week, we're going to be rebroadcasting some of the specials, uh, some of the best shows of all time. And one of them, in my opinion, was our special on Proverbs 31, uh, where we discuss specifically, you know, what a, uh, a virtuous woman is. If you guys, if you're a woman who aspires to be found by the best possible man, but you miss my special one, the definition of a virtuous woman, a Proverbs 31 woman, I mean, I don't know what to tell you, man. I mean, you got to listen to it. Just Google it, listen to it when I rebroadcast it. I mean, you guys are going to make me mess around and, like, pull it up, like, right now. You know what I mean? Like, don't make me do it. In fact, I have one of my favorites is uh, Proverbs 31.30 that says, Charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That says beauty is vain. If God himself says beauty is vain, why the heck are millions of women thinking that they are now flawless as if that is going to get them a man? Why would you have a a woman tell a man that they're flawless when these godly men are looking for a woman who embraces the the way of thinking that's shown here in Proverbs 31.30 that says charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Not a woman who wakes up looking like a whore. Because be clear, Beyonce looks like a whore when she, you know, what I mean, when she goes to sleep, when she wakes, I mean, like that whole look. That's like that's how prostitutes dress on the corner. That type of woman isn't to be praised. It says right here, a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Two very contradicting, you know, ideologies. You can either be you can either be flawless, or can be a woman who fears the Lord. Which do you choose to be, Courtney? A woman who fears the Lord. Why do you think so many women think that telling a man that they're flawless would be a good idea? Like, why, what in what world is that okay? Why would that be okay? I would have, yeah, I'm going to be real with y'all, I would have laughed in these women's faces back in the day. Me and my homies, I just would have tapped my homies like, yo, you hear this chick right here? She just said she's flawless. Like, we would have literally laughed in her face. You know what I mean? Like, that's what would have happened. And then we probably would have got the number and then just smashed and then kept it moving. I mean, that's that's what really happens. Like, I'm just trying to figure out, like, what alternative, like, or alternate universe does that actually have a positive result? There are a lot of single moms walking around out here because they thought they were flawless. You see what, like, that's what happens. These men, they, they hit it. And then they keep it moving because they get, and then they marry a woman who's actually flawless. That's the irony there, because see, in my eyes, my wife is flawless. That's the true irony. Is that the when the way that men look at their wives when they first wake up to them, 
That's flawless. Not these fake types of flaw. You can't be can't be flawless and fake at the same time. Should I post that on Facebook, Courtney? Yeah, you should. <laughs> I mean, I mean, <laughs> seriously. At some point, we gotta wake up out the twilight zone, man. This is not the outer limits where things are just weird and everything seems normal. This is like real life. This is 2014. You know, you might as well say at this point, and it's time to snap out of it, get back to reality, and start getting in the Word of God. All right, flawless. And she and then she has the audacity. I mean, what's all the 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 goddamns about? Like, what what the, what's that all about? Like, what? Why does she have to go? Like, hey, you gotta, you gotta go that hard. You gotta disrespect God and, and uh, manipulate and and lead women down the wrong path at, at the same time. And she makes me sick. <laughs> she really does. Like that's that's crazy. And she's really, I I don't even want to just say it. I don't want to just blame her because I, I have to look at who's behind that. You know, the devil is promoting these types of um, artists, you know, to really get in the minds of women and really just have them brainwashed. Because I was one of them. I used to think that whole flawless thing and, you know, uh, all the makeup and all that stuff, that's what men really wanted. And so it's a lot of us have just gotten caught up. Caught up. Caught up in what? Caught up in... You know, the devil's tactics just caught up in everything and everybody that he's using to destroy us. Right, right. What happens is the devil will will send people and put people in positions of influence to, you know, to, to deceive. I mean, you guys know the devil is the ultimate deceiver, right? I mean, the devil's a lie. The truth is not. Y'all heard that, that whole thing. You know, and that's you know. If, so if someone is coming with with uh, with ideologies and, and ways of living life that clearly contradict those of of what's said in the in the Word of God, well, then clearly that should be a red flag. Like, wait a minute, this is someone who's being influenced by Satan. You know, and that's just a, it's just we talked about on uh, on Monday night how, um, you know, the, we talked a lot about the Antichrist and and the Antichrist that are already here excuse me here in the world as the bible speaks of you know anyone who who has that much influence you know and is speaking from a, a perspective that's contradictory to the word of god that's uh you know that that's that's the definition of an of an antichrist you know and as we talk continue talking about you know how to avoid these low down dirty bastards those guys get off they get excited when they run into women who classify themselves as flawless, because that's a challenge, okay? That's a challenge on how fast, how much I can dog her. How can I hurt her? How can I turn that attitude into her screaming at the top of her lungs, stop, stop, you're hurting me? You guys know that's how men think, right? Just being honest with you Y'all have no idea how real it is out here. You guys have no idea how big of the of bastards these men can really be. And I pray that you know some of you have already found out the hard way. But what we do here on this show is we try to talk about the root cause of it. Y'all thought we were just gonna sit here and bash men on that. Y'all got the wrong show for that. We're talking about how to avoid the low down dirty bastards. 
All right. Yeah, I mean, have you ever dated a low-down, dirty bastard? Yes. What was the appeal of this of this low-down, dirty bastard to you? Because it was it was like a constant need to need for affirmation because. Because this guy was such a jerk, it was like a challenge to me. It's like, well, you know, I would do all I could to to please him. It was almost, I don't know, it was like a, a sick obsession. It was like the more that he would talk down to me, the more that I would try, you know, try even harder to to be perfect to him. If that makes any sense. But like, I was called all kinds of names, called out of my name. A lot of times, and just really made to feel like I was nothing. Called what? I was called a bitch. I was called. I mean, that's the main one. Um, just anything that's degrading, uh, ugly. I was called. I mean, those are the two that I can really think that stood out. And you know, no one would ever want me um, but him. And so, it was no point in me trying to move on. Um, so that's what stands out to me. Yeah. <clears throat> How did that make you feel? It made me feel horrible. I remember it was nights where I used to I used to cry about it, but I was too scared of moving on because I felt like I really couldn't do any better. I felt like, you know, that was just something that I would just have to endure um, for him to, I would think like eventually he'll come around. Eventually he'll start treating me right, or I would make excuses, or you know he's just going through something, or you know he's just taking it out on me. I know that, you know it's not me, so I'm just gonna continue to deal with this person. But yeah, really just tore my self esteem apart. Right. One of the things I gotta look at is that uh, what's being it's very common in today's society is uh, people confusing uh, the sex had with low down dirty bastards with actual love which if you guys heard our special on love and the def- the biblical definition of love which was in my opinion one of if not the best show that we've ever done here classic show <clears throat> where where we dissected this scripture from 1 Corinthians 13:4 through 7 which says love is patient love is kind love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude it does not demand its own way, it's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustices, but rejoices wherever where, wherever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. And again, if you listen to that show where we spent three hours dissecting that scripture and tons of others that specifically pertain to the biblical definition of love and why and how it's so often confused and, and mistaken for nothing more than soul ties. Okay? I mean, we really got to get over this whole sex thing. We got to get over the, the, the arrogance thing, the conceit. I mean, it says right here, love is not boastful or proud. Well, if you look to a man and tell a man that you're flawless, I mean, well, how do you expect that? To end? It, it definitely is, if that's the foundation of it, it's certainly not going to end in love. Not not the, the, well, really the only definition of love is the biblical definition of love because God is love. But, there's so many things that can be found in today's society that 100% contradict what the word says. It's very, it's not hard. It's not 
you know, it's not anything confusing. All these these entertainers, these musicians, these singers, these rappers, they're all influenced by Satan. The men, the, the music industry as a whole is 100% influenced by Satan. Even gospel music now is not gospel music. It's now called inspirational. It's all BS. All right? I mean, you look, even the gospel artists, I mean, look at Isaac Carey had sex with Dietrich Haddon's wife. I mean, these people are the, I mean, there's Kirk Franklin walking around in a freaking dress and with makeup on. I mean, everybody is like, you know what I mean? Like, back in the day, there were clear and defined lines between what was of God and what is not, and that's the sign of the times. Things will, the, the, there will be no definition between good and evil look at the pope up here making excuses for homosexuality and and how we should take attention off of 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 speaking about gay rights i mean this is the pope this is supposed to be someone who is it it stands for justice and stands for god and this guy's making excuses for for these fruitcakes out here you know if that's not blasphemy i don't know what is somebody says they don't well you're, you're talking about the pope i don't give a damn about the pope you know what I mean? I care about Jesus Christ. People treat the Pope like he is God. Pope ain't God. God is God. I mean, I mean you, you see this stuff out here, Court. I mean, is, is it not ridiculous? It is, but, you know, it's a, a lot of times it's those people that are in high positions, what, wickedness in high places. I mean, that's what we're seeing. That's what we're saying. And the problem is that, you know, people are putting them on a pedestal and, like you said, not looking to God, just really looking at those people. All I know is the Bible says you should be very careful about people who are loved by the world. From where, from my vantage point, the Pope is loved by the world. From my vantage point, Obama is loved by the world. I mean, all these people, Beyonce, Kanye West, Jay-Z, these are all people who are loved by the world. My my Bible says is that if you're a friend of the world, you're an enemy of God. So I don't know about nothing they're talking about, but y'all can make y'all can work that out with God on your own. It depending on you know who you want to follow. But I'm not following anybody who's loved by the world. So that's I mean that, but that's just me though. You know what I mean, Cordy? We got it. We got to start. Let's go to the phone lines, man. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's do some advice questions. It's been a little while. Since we did some advice questions, six four six two zero 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 three six is we're talking tonight about low down dirty bastards. You know, we're talking about what attracts them. You can't talk about mice, you know, but you, without talking about how to not attract mice. You know, I'm just saying you can't. You have to talk if you're going to talk about a problem. You got to talk about the root of the problem. You know, people want to talk about education, but they don't want to talk about parenting. They want to blame the school systems, but they don't want to blame the parents. Well, no, I don't care about the school system because I wasn't raised by the school system. I was raised by my family and my extended family. The school system isn't the problem. These no-good, single-parent homes, the, the, the dissolution of the black family is the reason for the downfall of, of, of and, and the, the downfall of the black family and uh, the fact that these kids out here are not going to college, they're not able to read in many cases, that's the parents' fault. My daughter can practically read, and she's not even three yet. She sings her alphabet. She can say her alphabet backwards. She's counting backwards from, like, 30. 
already. You know what I'm saying? These are things that's nothing to her. But that's not because she just started school. What you know, like last month. This is stuff that we taught her to do. I taught her to do. My wife taught her to do. My my mom taught her to do. My dad taught like my grand my, my excuse me my um mother in law like these are all things that the village taught her. Where's the villages in the black community, Courtney? Non-existent. This is crazy out here, man. Let's go to the phone lines. I see you calling the line from the 773 area code. Welcome to uh, Keeping It Real Fridays. I'm glad to be here, man. I've been listening to you for about an hour. Uh, you touched on some very interesting points. Uh, for a minute there, I thought that uh, some of what you were saying uh, pretty much uh, resembles me I do consider myself a person who's very arrogant um, from an African-American male, but I don't want to go as far as consider myself to be a very low-down, dirty dog, to say the least about myself. Um, well, you said you're arrogant. Aren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, I am very arrogant, you know, but, you know, uh, you touched when you said uh, that a lot of things that you women put out is exactly what they're going to get in return. And I talked about emotional unavailability with some of these women that they have chips on their shoulders. I mean, how do you expect men to really respond to that? How do you expect men to really weed through all the ludicrousy that's presented to them on a platter? Yeah, I feel you, man. I feel you. Where are you calling him from? I actually am from Chicago all my life, Chicago, Illinois. Okay, I appreciate the call, man. You're actually uh, up there where uh, Courtney is, man. No, that's, um, I mean, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Like, how do you expect men to, you know, respond to that stuff? How do you how do you expect those situations to turn out? You know, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I mean, he said he's, he's he's an arrogant guy. You know, I've I've seen arrogant men and how they interact with not so good women, and it's not pretty. It's really not not a pretty thing at all. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'll say this: I, I would never have. Co- consider myself arrogant back in the day but I was a very confident man where I just didn't care you know what I'm saying like it was just I knew what I brought to the table and that that confidence is what attracted a lot of women and really what put women at at my mercy and I'll tell you and anyone who is in the dating game in the dating industry I mean you pretty much know that it's a game it's a it's a game of tug of war and it and the game is either won or lost at the in the very beginning of the interaction, it's like when a woman, when you meet a woman, when a man meets a woman, that woman is going to look into that man's eyes, and if she sees confidence, she's gonna she's gonna humble herself and she's gonna realize that she has no power, you know, and she's gonna kind of just go with the flow. But a lot of times with these men, they look in their eyes and they see fear. Like some of these losers out here, they will they will buy these women drinks. And they will give them all these ridiculous compliments, tell them how beautiful they are. Those are the losers who are really the low-down, dirty bastards because they're so used to being played by women. They're on the eternal search for happiness and on that eternal search for the power and for, for the type of stuff that I could do with the snap of a finger. You know what I mean? I used to tell you, I swear on everything. You guys remember Tone? He used to be the co-host of the show. You know, it seems like years ago, well, it was years ago, but one of the first co-hosts, we, we had some stories back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Me and Tone have stories. We go back. 
I mean, and he's seen me. I call him up right now, get him on the line. He will tell you I literally could snap my fingers back in the day at a party or at an event, point to the bedroom, and a woman would just go into the bedroom. I swear on everything. That's I'm not recording. <laughs> that's not funny. <laughs> Y'all think I'm joking, man? I will. You th- don't make me. I will call myself. I will text tone right now. Say call in real quick just to confirm what I just said. He's seen me do it. You understand? And that's what I'm trying to tell you. You know, arrogance from a woman's standpoint, conceit. It only makes a man target you, but that arrogance goes away when you look into that man's eyes and you see that you have no power over him. Arrogance and conceit in a woman only works on these losers. That wall that you have up, ladies, that only works on men who aren't used to having sex with women who look ten times better than Beyonce but actually are real. See, let me just – can I go – I'm about to go to that place where I – tend to go sometimes because what women need to know is that Beyonce is not flawless. See, I've been to the promised land, guys. And this is no disrespect. This is no disrespect. I love my beautiful black women. I do. Okay? But the fellas listening, my man on the line from Chicago, I'm sure knows. I went to the Dominican Republic for a week with Tone, you know, my best man at the wedding. Though, I'll say this, there were many women there that were actually flawless, you know, and that's no disrespect to anybody. But from a beauty standpoint, that's what flawless looks like. You know, and, and Beyonce to even hint that she is even remotely flawless is an insult to truly beautiful women of the world. And anyone who takes offense to that, they take offense. But I'm just being honest with you. This is Keeping It Real Fridays. Y'all thought I was going to lie to y'all on Keeping It Real Fridays? No. that Courtney, do you take offense to that? Does that I mean, how does that make you feel? That, that, you know what I'm saying? Like, to know, like, that it's a mockery of, of, of what these men truly want, which is a humble spirit, true, natural beauty. Like, you know, like what are your thoughts? Like, you're a natural woman, Courtney. Yes, um, it doesn't bother me. I mean, it's the truth. I mean, I don't take offense to anything that was said um, because I I don't express those characteristics of those women, you know, that we're discussing. I mean, they need to know the truth. Take off all that makeup, take off the weave, take off the eyelashes, all of that stuff, and just be you. But the problem is a lot of women aren't comfortable with the real them, they don't like what they see in the mirror, and they try to cover it up, and then they wind up being targeted. Right. One of the things that Proverbs 31 says in uh, verse 26, it says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. When you open your mouth, your mouth talking about some goddamn, and tell them you're flawless, and I woke up like this. That doesn't even sound intelligent. That just sounds foolish. That just sounds stupid. First of all, you did not wake up like this. You're clearly not flawless. You know what I mean? You're maybe a four on a scale of one to ten. So that clearly isn't of wisdom. You know what I'm saying, guys? I mean, Beyonce is just talking crazy, like totally crazy. Like I mean, when I you guys know what that means, like. Totally nonsensical. Okay, 
And I think we need to be at a place where we seek wisdom and not foolishness from our quote-unquote leaders and role models of the world, entertainers that people put up on these pedestals like they can do no wrong. All right? One of the things that the word says over in Proverbs 29 says, Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. We do it. We talk a lot here, and I spend a great deal of time in my private counseling uh, sessions discussing the importance of differentiation. You know, I did a we did a great show. In fact, uh, it was a Keeping It Real Fridays. In fact, on just that, if you Google that title, it'll come up. The importance of women differentiating themselves from other women. Well, not only do I talk about that, but the Word of God talks about it as well. It says right here. That many women have done excellently, but you surpass. Basically, what that means is that there are a lot of good women out here. They're not even good. There are a lot of excellent women. There are a lot of women out here with the great cars, homes, jobs, 401ks. You know, all that stuff is great. Yeah, congratulations. You've got your doctor. Whoop de doo. You're excellent. But it says many women have done that. But a true virtuous woman. Will, will surpass all of them. Well, then that's the question is, well, what do you do to surpass them? Do you go and get two doctors? No, that's not surpassing them. It's having a humble spirit, a gentle spirit. Any thoughts on that? I agree. I love that verse. I think, um, like you said, a big part of it is having a humble spirit and also not being of this world. Because a woman that, a true woman of God, you know, a woman that's humble, she is, her mind is focused on Christ. It's not about, you know, the next Beyonce song or, you know, how old, what's their child's name, Blue Ivy, whatever her name is, you know, focus with the media and what's going on with that. She is in her Bible. She has built a relationship and strives every day, you know, to build an even better relationship with Christ. You know, she's different. Wow. <clears throat> I'm reading Proverbs uh, 31 um, up in verse, uh, uh, what is this, 6. It says, to give strong drink to the one who is perishing and wine to those in bitter distress. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Open your mouth for the mute, for the rights of all who are destitute. Open your mouth, judge righteously, defend the rights of the poor and needy. And I just wonder, this is a great uh, a great couple of verses because it, it speaks to what a great humble spirit is like, what a giving spirit is like, you know, someone who actually cares, the most sought after. It's like they're putting others you know, the needs of others before their own. They're not selfish. They're not arrogant. They're not conceited. You know, these are things that nobody wants. No, these are things that, you know, no great woman will bring or great man will, will bring to the table. You can't be selfish. You know, when you put the poor, when you devote, your, you know, ahead of your, 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 your own, your, their needs ahead of your own, when you, um, you know, humble yourself to, to help others, that is a, a great quality, not someone who is, you know, flawless. That's that's someone, the Bible speaks about people who are flawless. The Bible, Proverbs 31, 
is a def is the definition of a flawless woman. It says right here, an excellent wife who can find. You know, a virtuous. You know, depending on the translation, it says for she is far more precious than jewels or rubies. That's that's flawless right there. It just says. You talk when you talk about flawless, you, you're usually speaking of something like a diamond, a jewel. What it says right here that an excellent wife, a virtuous wife, she's better than than a diamond, than than the, the highest quality jewel. That's real flawless. And then if it goes on to define what that looks like, telling a man in a sweaty hot nightclub where she's wearing a freakum dress that she woke up like this and that she's flawless, that's the exact opposite of what the Bible is speaking of. How deep is that, Courtney? It really is. I I love the Bible because it it really it goes deep and it it tells you everything that you need to know. It really does. Yo, I'm I'm gonna think I'm gonna rebroadcast that tomorrow because I I'm about to make me do the show over again right now and just go through. Pro- but like, like I, we did that. We did a whole three hour show literally analyzing all of Proverbs 31, the definition of a of a of a great woman. Years ago, we did a show, Gerald and I, on the definition of the perfect wife. Ironically, I did that show before I was married, I believe, if I remember correctly. But we spoke about what it would look like to have the perfect wife. That might be an interesting show to go back and listen to the archives of just just to hear my views on married life prior to being married. Do you remember that show, Courtney? That was a minute ago. I can't recall it at this point, but I, I'm sure I listened to it. Cause I listened no, to I'm, and I'm sure that that was a time when you were in your psycho days. I don't believe you heard that show, Courtney. You, know, you, used, to, you used to be out there, Courtney. You were what? out there getting smashed off on a Friday night. And, and, no, yeah, I mean, we, no, come on, Courtney. We can be honest, though. God has delivered you from that. You know what I mean? Be honest, though. Keep it real. When we were doing this show, this is our seventh year on the air. What, where were you? What were you doing seven years ago? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it. See? But see, that's the thing. Listen, I'm going to be honest with y'all, though. That's the, see, this is the realness of keeping it real Fridays. Because just like Courtney on a Friday night at about 1026, you know, 926 her time, Central, she was getting smashed off while I was out there about to smash something off myself. You, you understand that? Like, that, that's how it goes. I used to do this show drunk. You know what I'm saying? I used to do <laughs> Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing, Courtney? It's so funny. You're laughing too because it's hilarious. I, I'm being real with y'all. But see, I used to tell y'all that though. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. I used to I used to tell y'all that. Like I I would tell y'all straight up if y'all listen to the show, like, yeah, I'm sipping on something right now. That's when this show is not being done from a biblical perspective. We were still changing lives. Don't get that twisted. We were still counseling, you know what I mean? All that stuff was still in effect. But it just not was not how it is as you know it today. And that's nothing but a testament uh to what God can do. You know, and you can too, guys. There's nothing wrong with changing you know, changing your lives. I want to do a couple uh, couple advice questions, and we want to get the heck up out of here, man. You know, just wanted to talk to you all for a little bit tonight. Didn't want to stay on all night. Um, but a couple advice questions that we haven't gotten a chance to uh, 
deal with in a little while. Uh, what, Courtney, what, you guys should start emailing Courtney. My inbox is getting crazy, man. Courtney at trctoday.com. Send her some advice questions as well. Uh, here's one. Where are we at? A uh, young woman asked, uh, should it be a, a raised eyebrow if your significant other updates his or her relationship status uh, to say in a relationship only with addressing with who specific who especially if what the heck does this say this doesn't make any sense people may, what the heck is this is it I'm a, I'm a paraphrase because it makes no sense it says so many she says goes on to say so many people are comfortable with saying uh it, it, they want to keep people out of their business but are quick to say, I won't put up with that when someone else is having problems in their relationship. Basically, the gist of this question is, is it cool? For Actually, I have no idea what the gist of the question is. It makes no sense whatsoever from start to finish. But we will address it as if it was to say, how do y'all feel about uh, relationship statuses being and, and and as it relates to Facebook and couples and things like that? Courtney, when you were single, you know, Facebook was one of those things that was it was very exclusive. It was very hard to get a man to, you know, update that status about you. We talk a lot about low-down, dirty bastards and, and the tactics and techniques they use to string women along. What was your experience with, with the Facebook game, the Facebook update status uh, game? So with Facebook, I would notice that the man I was dealing with it would usually on his page, it wouldn't have a relationship status on it. It would say nothing. So it just leaves it open for anything. And um, so I would see that. Or it would say in a relationship, but it wouldn't link. He wouldn't link the pages. So it would just say in a relationship, and then that was it. So it was very ambiguous is the point of, of what I'm trying to say. And it just left it open for him to do whatever he wanted to do. Yeah, <clears throat> that's pretty much how it goes. You know, that's the that's the setup. I was just talking to somebody today about Facebook. I mean, ladies, you got to realize Facebook is everything. You know, don't fall for the okie doke. Don't fall for the BS and, and convince yourself, oh, I'm not really on there like that. Yes, you are. Stop lying. Everybody's on Facebook like that. You're on there from your phone. You're on there from your laptop. You're on there from everything, you, you know, Every opportunity, I mean, whether you're on a five-minute break at work, you're on Facebook. Don't lie to yourself. Don't lie to me. You know, and the reality is if you are dealing with someone and he is taking you seriously, he's planning a future with you, then he is going to up, have no problem and even be proactive with updating his Facebook to claim you. Don't give yourself that false sense of security and say, oh, no, it's not that big of a deal just because he's not giving you what you want. No, it's a huge deal. In fact, I say all the time that a relationship is not official until it's confirmed on Facebook. Okay, so now I, want, I mean, y'all can let that marinate. You can toss around in your heads all you want, but it doesn't matter what you think. That's how men feel about it. That's what it is. You know, men want wives. You know, if we have a wife, I mean, what's the first thing a man does if he, you know, when he uh, gets a new car, gets some new Jordans, he shows them off. Well, why would you think you would be any less valuable than a new pair of Jordans? You know, some rims on a car. Ah, yeah, just like he shows that stuff off, he's going to show you off. 
If he's not showing you off, then he doesn't value you. He doesn't think you're special. He doesn't want to show you off and brag to your your friends. And here's another thing. If you got a diamond and you're so flawless, right, or you are that diamond, then you, you would want to show that diamond off unless you're not really flawless and you're not being viewed in that manner. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? I mean, everything you're saying is true. I mean, that's the harsh reality that a lot of women have to face. And that may be a hard pill to swallow, but it's something that you need to know. And that's something I can relate to. Just not that man not showing you off, not telling his friends, not, you know, doing any of those things. Like, you don't have to settle for that. You don't have to make excuses for that man as to why he didn't, you know, link the two pages it's like you have to just face that reality. You know deep down that the relationship's not going anywhere, so just really pick up and move on to someone who can't wait to show you off to the world. I mean, absolutely. That's that's basically what it comes down to. Well, <clears throat> just in regards to you know how to avoid low down dirty bastards, one of the great things that you can do is is start by loving yourself. A lot of time, I'm not saying y'all should be arrogant, but at the same time, you should have a, a healthy, stable uh, level of self-esteem. You should view yourself as being great because the great thing about it is that when you view yourself as the best possible woman, then that means you only require for the best, which totally eliminates the need to ever deal with someone who is a low-down, dirty bastard. You know what I mean? I mean, think about it. If you feel like you're the best, why would you even consider dealing with somebody who's less than the best? Certainly, I mean, let alone, you know, a bastard, someone who would have sex with your with your with your best friend. I'll be honest with you. See, I actually used to be a low down, dirty bastard. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? God delivered me from my bastard like behavior. <clears throat> Some people are saying, "Well, what makes you say that?" Well, well, many things back in the day, which. And we won't need don't need to get into at this moment. But one story in particular that I've never shared in a, in our history. I have to work hard to find stories that I've never shared before because I've shared a lot of my stories um, over the last seven years. That's one of the reasons, you know, why I try to keep this show so real. Uh, but I was dealing with this young woman, and this is crazy. Like I was crazy back in the day, man. And you know, I was the type of guy where if I had a friend, like if I was talking to say I was talking to you, Courtney. You know, the first thing out of my mouth would be, well, do you have a girlfriend for, for my homie? You know, like, I was just one of those dudes that was was totally unselfish. Like, any of the, my friends or people I used to hang out with back in the day, they know most likely I've hooked them up with, with some, some nice-looking women before. Um, and and Tone will tell you, I mean, I've, oh, man, we got tons of stories, man. But uh, one woman in particular I was dealing with, I was... You know, I was dealing with her, and we were uh, dating for a little while. Um, <clears throat> and she, I mean, she was cool. I, I mean, I knew there was really no future there, uh, but it was cool for the time being. In fact, you guys have heard stories about her from a uh, from a different in a different context. But that same young woman I was dealing with, and I'll be honest, with you, she just had a friend who was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, just like super gorgeous, you know what I'm saying? And uh it was like ridiculous, like ridiculously gorgeous. She was just maybe a little bit average. I mean she was cool but her friend was just on a whole nother level. Well and we and, and the thing about it is we we had some chemistry. Now I'm gonna tell you where this story is going. You guys are like, wow, this is crazy. You were a bastard data. Well, here's the thing. I hooked up this young woman or I introduced this young woman to my homie 
uh, not Tone, but somebody else <clears throat> who will remain nameless. But we all went out a couple times. We all had a couple late night game nights and, you know, that just hanging out at the crib. Uh, no sex was ever involved on it with anyone. But I one night, long story short, I was like, yo, this is crazy, man. I could Because, like, they, they kind of fell off. Like, he stopped talking. I guess there was no, no connection between those two. They weren't going anywhere. I was like, yo, my man, like, what's up, man? Yo, I'm, I'm, about, to, I'm about to wild out. <laughs> I'm about to do some crazy stuff, man. I just wanted to make sure you're cool with it. Like, I was about to step to, you know, so-and-so. They're like, what? You, you're, you're talking to her best friend. I was like, I know, man. I'm tripping. But, like, it's really going to irk my soul if I if I at least don't. Give it a shot. He's like, I'm like, I just want to make sure you're cool with it. He's like, oh, please. I mean, you know, I don't care about that chick. I was like, all right, cool. Say no more. Long story short, I approached this young woman. You know what I mean? Now she And the funny thing is, you know, I, I put it all on the line because I knew that they were tight like that and either it was going to go my way or it was 100% a rat with me and the other female. But me being that guy who I was didn't care. Just, you know, did it. It didn't go my way. And as expected, she told her friend. Friend called me, cussed me out. I laughed and said, hey, well, you have a nice life. That was that. You know, I I didn't care because that situation was winding down anyway. And, uh, you know, I I felt better because I was like, all right, cool. At least I I took my shot. Now, a lot of people are like, wow, I mean, like, that's kind of crazy, dude. I'm like, who does that? You know, like, what, what the heck? But... That's the type of stuff I'm talking about, you know, low-down, dirty bastards doing stuff uh, like that. But the, the the moral of the story is that um, I'm not sure there is a moral of the story, to be honest with you, Courtney. What what, what do you take away from that story? That you were a bastard? <laughs> exactly. Right. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. I was trying to find something else other than that. To focus on as far as the moral, but there is no moral of the story other than that. And I guess something that women could take away from that story after listening to it is never <laughs> look at yourself. Don't never hold yourself up. Don't ever put yourself up on a pedestal because there's always going to be somebody who who looks better, someone who's a little bit more desirable than you. That doesn't mean that God doesn't have somebody for you. Okay, but it does mean that your best friend might look a little bit better. She might be a little bit more flawless. And the only thing that will keep a man's interest is having the best personality. Because, see, that young woman who I was dealing with, interestingly enough, she was Muslim. And I was, yes, you know, it was like one of the things I didn't even, I knew it wasn't going anywhere, you know, from that perspective, but it was what it was for that time period. But it just, you know, she she didn't have that great personality, and and the the other young woman was was beautiful. She had a great personality. And I was like, you know, I just gotta, you know, go hard, go hard, or go home, right? That's so ridiculous. <laughs> like I can't even really say anything. Wow. What are you saying? See, that's, what are you? That's what are you? Huh? What do you what do you say? I'm saying that's what bastards do. <laughs> That's so crazy. Like, how did you? You were, but how did you envision that? Like, did you actually think deep down it was gonna work out in your favor? Well, that's the funny thing about. See, let me. <clears throat> here's the thing about me. <clears throat> Excuse me. With me, and this is just 
how I was at that time. I was, like I said, I would always hook up my friends with with women. I was the type who we were, I was in a fret, you know what I mean? I'm still in a fret. And, like, say we would take a road trip. Like we, were, I went to IUP, which is in western Pennsylvania. And so the University of Pitt was, uh, Pittsburgh was uh, maybe 45 minutes an hour away. So on the weekends, if nothing was going on up in Indiana, Pennsylvania, we would ride out, you know, on a Friday night to Pittsburgh, hang out there, which was, you know, more there was just like a city life, a lot more going on. One one time in particular, we went out to Pitt, hanging out out there. It was a pajama party up at up at uh, up at the uh, you know the student union building. So we went up there. Why? And we were like celebrities, you know. I don't know if you guys are, have been to college or things like that, but you guys know, like at a at a college like that, and you are an outsider, you're a visitor from another uh, university or another fraternity or something. You come, you're like a freaking celebrity. Like it's 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 like crazy. It's, I mean, you could literally <clears throat> just talk to somebody and just because you were that new face you were you know in the frat i mean it didn't matter whether you were on the basketball team football team fraternity i mean it's just uh, college life is just crazy i there was this young woman in particular one of the baddest women on the whole campus just ridiculous walking around in one of these like little negligee things like i mean people talk about beyonce i mean this one was like a million times better than beyonce walking around in some type of little skimpy pajama. You know about them pajama parties, Greg. I know you've been to your fair share of pajama parties, right? I don't think I ever went to one, but I was invited to some before. Really? Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, like pajama parties are just just like a sex fest. I mean, that's pretty much, I mean, even though no sex was actually going on, it was just like a, you know, that's just what it was. That was the whole reason for them to set up, set it up. And so long story short, I met this young woman. And uh, she was gorgeous. I mean, and so I had the opportunity to take her back. She was like, "Look, well, look, give me, your, you know, I get, we exchanged numbers." And I was like, "Well, you know, we're spending the night. This is where we're staying. I'm like, where you live?" And da 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 da. She's like, "All right, well, call me after the party. Maybe we'll hook up." I was like, All right, cool. I hit you. So I mean, that was pretty much guaranteed. That was like already established. My point of this story is that. You know, I called her after the party, and she was like, well, look, this is where I'm at. You can come see me. And I was like, you know, me being the, the non-selfish guy that I was, we had a, a code of bros before hoes, and I was with the homies. I was like, look, well, you have any girlfriends? And she was like, well, you know, my girlfriends are doing this, da-da-da. They got boyfriends, so they're probably not going to be available, whatever like that. I was like, dang. Long story short, I passed up someone who – probably no one in their right mind would have passed up on that night for the sole reason, the only reason being that the homies couldn't have some fun as well. You understand that? So to answer your question, Courtney, I was a risk taker. That For me, the fun was in the, the chase, the fun, not so much the chase, but just in knowing that I could. Like for me, and maybe that's why I never had kids and probably turned down more sex than I actually got was because it was just knowing that I could get it for me was better than the actual sex. Because when you, I mean, let's just be real. This is keeping it real Friday. When you have sex with somebody, that's a lot. You know, you're talking about soul ties. Although at the time I wasn't concerned about soul ties, but I'm just saying there's a lot to that. Like you got to deal with the the logistical aspect of things. You got to you know get there figure out how you're going to leave, how you're going to get them to leave, and, you know, STDs and pregnancies and just, you know, all, there's so much stuff with that. So for me, I was just like, you know what? Wow. 
they saw me. They the homies know. They know I could have. I and they knew and I knew. Like well, I could have, I could have pulled that tonight. Like that was for me. That was enough. I went to bed good. Went to bed. Just went to sleep. Whereas a lot of these guys, they don't feel complete. They don't feel whole. You know, unless they actually do it. That's why their whole life is dictated by the chase. Whereas real men, and I shouldn't say real men, but just a certain type of men like myself, it's not about a chase. It's about turning it down. It's about knowing that you can. And there's a probably a fraction of men, a small fraction of men in today's society that can relate to that. Gerald Howard is one of them. Okay, that's one of the reasons why me and him had such good chemistry on the show because we could, you saw, we just, he got it. You know, whereas so many, so many of these men, they're they're the low down, dirty bastards chasing women, chasing ass for for what? Just to be able to say you smashed? Well, like no, the men who are making excuses for women like Beyonce, see, they've never had a woman like Beyonce. The men lusting after Megan Good, that's all I used to deal with back in the day was women who looked like that. You know, boobs out. Like I mean. I, Listen, that's nothing. So just I say all that to say, Courtney, when we were talking about, you know, when you were asking me what what did you think, did I think I could do it? Hey, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think it would have had a positive result. But was I confident that I think it would go my way? I mean, that was the whole fun of it because I didn't know. If there was a woman that I knew that I could have, that was the woman I passed up on. You know, that was no fun for me. I wanted the chase. I wanted the thrill. I keep saying the chase. It wasn't about a chase. It was about the thrill of the perceived chase because it really wasn't a chase per se. But you get what I'm saying. You know, it right. was the let's, let's do something that most guys wouldn't do. But you guys, I've told this story a million times. We used to have parties, and we would literally, me and the homies, invite all of the women that we were talking to, having sex with, and we'd have them all at one party, same way Bill Bellamy and them did it in How to Be a Player. We used to have one party and say, say your living room, Courtney, or your, you know, the funny thing is I did that in after college, in real life, like, at, you know, at like, you know, 25, 24, whatever it was, but then I also did that in college. Me and the homie, my uh, frat brother, we used to have parties where we would call them DNA Productions. And anyone from uh, IUP around that time knows all about the DNA Productions parties because they we would uh, take our living room. We lived in a uh, kind of like a penthouse type of thing. Like you had to walk up some steps. We called it the penthouse. It was far from a penthouse, but <laughs> we just walked up steps to get to it. So that's why we called it that. But we would clear out the, the sofas and the chairs and all that stuff, the, the, the dining room table, put them in our bedrooms. And that was the dance floor. The kitchen would be the dance floor. And so after the student union parties, we'd have the DNA production parties, not the Sigma parties, but the DNA production parties, which were kind of, we did our own thing for a little bit, and uh, they were crazy. So those parties consisted of basically just all the women that we knew and that knew about us. And, I mean, it's just, the moral of this story is that, you know, I did any and everything that I wanted to. The stories that I have are are timeless, and, you know, it was more so with me um, an opportunity to build memories, you know, and that situation with that young woman, you know, it it was more so the thought and the the chance, not the likelihood, but just the chance 
that I could do something like that was enough for me to even give it a shot. Does, does that make sense to you? Yeah, I get it. I do. Like, if that would have actually gone down, like, yo, that was, you know, it didn't work out, but, you know, whatever. If it did, it would, that would have been a story for all time. You know, like, me, when me and the homies get together, like, you know, it's, we all have our own stories. And, you know, that's just, I, I'd say this, ladies, don't be a story. You know, that's how we'll wrap that up. Don't be a story. Don't be the type of woman that a man 20 years later, 15 years later, is still telling about you at the frat parties. Don't be that woman where the guy is able to pull out the video camera from, from you know, 10 years ago and be like, yo, I kept this chick. Don't, don't, don't do that. Don't be that woman. Because some of you are that woman. You know, like me and Tone, we have stories that will always be classic stories about a, you know, a, a few particular women. And they're not that they're, if those women knew the stories that were being told or were being reminisced upon, they would not feel too good about themselves at this stage. I was reading Gerald Howard's book. I'm still reading. It's a great book, man. Y'all, yo, go out and get right now if y'all can. Definitely get my book, The Love We Had. But go out and get my man Gerald Howard's book, Black Woman You Are. I'm currently reading that. And I don't even get a chance to read too often. It's like the first book I've read in a couple of years at least. Um, but I just happened to get a chance to read his book. And uh, there's a story in it, or a part of the story, uh, where, or, you know, where one of the characters is talking about a woman who clearly doesn't respect her body. And one of the characters says, Jesus saved the whore, but he didn't marry the whore. And that's a very insightful, you got to let that marinate a little bit. Because a lot of women are exhibiting hoish behavior and then saying, oh, you shouldn't judge and this and that, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, yes, you can be saved. Yes, Jesus can forgive you. But these men aren't Jesus. You know, we as men are looking for wives. Yeah, he may not judge you. Yeah, he may forgive you. But at the end of the day, you know, what kind of woman are these men looking to marry? Have you ever thought about it from that perspective? No, I hadn't. Gotcha. That's deep. He said Jesus saved the whore. He didn't marry her, though. That's crazy. I mean, you know, it's a little tongue-in-cheek type of thing, but, I mean, it's still, it's very, very insightful. I mean, clearly Jesus isn't going to, you know, marry anybody because he's God, but you guys get the point. Think that, should we should we wrap it up? Is it time to wrap up yet? Are people tired of us on a Friday night yet? No, I mean, it, if you wanted to do a, another advice question, look at let, let, let me find out. Courtney's tried she tried to keep it going. She likes hearing these stories about you know no. the, my past. You want me? You want to hear more stories? I can tell more stories. I've heard them all. <laughs> no, no, trust me. No, no, you trust me. You haven't heard them all. You've heard many. I had listen. See, y'all think, yo, I'm 36 years old. Do you guys know what I've been doing? Like the things, I could pull so many stories out of my head, like like right now that I've never even thought about telling. That's how real it is. This show is known. Keeping it real Fridays has been the home of the realest stories ever heard on talk radio. Period. But that being said, I can tell y'all stories that are 20 times realer than that. Certain things are not to be said. 
certain things are not even known by my wife. So I'm not telling y'all these stories. <laughs> I'm just being real with y'all, man. There's stories that me and Tone have, me and Chuck have. You know, there's dudes that y'all haven't even heard names that we've, you know, taken trips to the middle of nowhere, going to the Zeta's crib, hooked up with AKs in the middle of the night. Like, yo, what's up? Where you at right now? Going back to their suite at at, at Penn State University. You know, some of them these lawyers who are now lawyers and doctors. You know, now I could tell y'all stories about you. You see what I'm saying? Like, believe you haven't heard a fraction of the stories that I have. I tell y'all one story. Me and the homie, we took a, we took a, we went on a mission. We used to call her missions back in the day. You know, there was this young woman who we were dealing with. I forget. I think I met her, like, online. The same type of deal as earlier. Hooked her up with, uh, you know, or hooked my homie up with her, her girlfriend or whatever. So we all decided to take a trip out to, um, what was it, Allentown. You guys know anything about Allentown? It's about 45 minutes away from Philly. So go out to Allentown. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy, man. And I'm not going to tell you all everything, but it was definitely a crazy story. We get there, and we just met these girls. They were chilling at their mom's house. and uh, Or it was, you know, that's where they lived. Takes us up to, like, this attic thing. It's like the little family room, like a den type of thing that they were in the attic. The mom comes upstairs. You know, we're there for, you know, for a specific purpose. We're going to watch some movies, and we order some food. The mom comes upstairs like, yeah, you know, I know it gets a little chilly up here. Do you guys want some pillows and you guys need a couple of blankets or whatever? I'm like what? Like we, we were just looking. I mean, listen. I mean, listen to what we're saying. This was this was like these girls were probably like early twenties. We were early twenties. You know, just met these young women. Okay, just met them that night. Like met them online, hooked up, maybe talked to them like. You know, maybe a, maybe a couple like the day before or something like that. We arranged, like met, say we met them on a Tuesday, went out there on like a Friday night. Get there, we're chilling. The I mean, there's a lot to that story, but the the biggest problem about it is that the mom was okay with this. What kind of mom is okay with with young their daughters and daughter's friend entertaining men who who are older than them and they they just met and they have no idea who they are at 10 o'clock on a Friday night. Does that make any sense to you? That's crazy. That is kind of um, telling about, you know, possibly what type of woman she is that would even allow that. She's probably done that, you know, herself. I know a lot of women probably, you know, um, have brought, like women, mothers that do that, you know, they themselves have brought men in, in and out the house. You know, so it's like they, when their daughters start dating, it's like they tend to facilitate those situations. Right. And she was, at the time, let's say her daughter was maybe 19, 20, she couldn't have, she looked like she was young. She was like 42 or something like that. I mean, she, you could tell. Hoes raising hoish daughters. I mean, that's all it is. That's all it is, man. You know, we got to get to a point where. You know, I mean, you do what you do when you're when you're single. I mean, whatever it falls on you. But when when there become kids involved, I mean, there's you can't be a hoe. You cannot be a hoe. You know, your kids deserve a positive, you know, 
role model, a positive example of what to be and what not to be. I mean, right now, my daughter is in that stage. I mean, she told, she said, go away, Daddy, go away, because she didn't want to have anything to do with me. She just wanted to be all up on, on my wife. I'm like, Dad, why are you being mean to me? But, you know, she was just playing around and stuff, and then she came and gave me up. But the point is that she's just in that, that clingy stage right now with, with Danny. You know what I mean? And, and so it's like everything that she does is is going to be determined by what she sees from her mother. And imagine if she would, if I was out of the picture and she saw her entertaining multiple guys and bringing different men over and allowing herself to be strung along and at th- two years old, three years old, growing up to ten years old, sees mom being a hoe, imagine what that would mean for her. Imagine how different her life would be than it's going to be because I'm there. Do you see how crazy that is, Courtney? Yeah. And kids, you know, they're very impressionable, like you said. So they pick up on everything. I feel like a lot of times we don't give them enough credit as to, you know, what they see and and how they um, imitate behavior. Right. Listen, I mean, she could be in the living room doing some Pilates or something or some Zumba or whatever it is, and Aubrey's down there doing it, you know, doing her little things. I might be on the floor doing some push-ups, doing some sit-ups. She gets down there, she's like, ugh, ugh, doing little, <laughs> little, little baby push-ups. It's like the funniest thing in the world. I might upload a video on the Facebook or something. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's what kids do. If kids see mom dancing around the Beyonce, then, you know, they're going to get into Beyonce. I mean, just and flawless. You're You're one of those. These little girls aren't buying... These CDs, they don't know nothing about no iPods and stuff like that. I mean, that that comes from the parents. Y'all control what these kids see. One thing I did want to talk about before we get up out of here is uh, recently, I don't know if you guys heard, Kelly Rowland is now engaged. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I heard about it. Interesting. Here's the thing about that. You guys, if you listen to the show, we spend a lot of time talking about, obviously, you know, people like Beyonce. But we did a show entitled Still in Love with My Ex, which which to this day was, uh, you know, one of the best shows ever. It was on a Wednesday night. I remember like it was yesterday. Gerald and I did it. But we, we dissected the lyrics of Kelly Rowland's song, uh, still in love with, with my ex, where we where we talked about emotional availab- unavailability uh, that existed in many women uh, as a result of not healing from past boyfriend situations, past engagements, and things like that. And Kelly Rowland was a great example of uh, of that, you know. And she speaks publicly about her her uh, past relationships. And how they've affected her, how she was abused. In fact, she just came out with a song uh, recently entitled "Dirty Laundry," where she kind of details a little bit about, you know, how she was, uh, you know, estranged from from people she had, was once close with because of the decisions that she had made. And uh, that song, "Still in Love with My Ex," you know, really is a great example of um, the emotional unavailability that keeps many women single. That that torch. That 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 baggage that the best men are always going to be able to pick up on when it you know when it comes <clears throat> excuse me comes time to make the decision as to how you're going to be perceived by that man and treated by that man. 
And uh, in, in that, so now, fast forward, Kelly Rowland is engaged. But that's not the biggest part about that. Congratulations, she's engaged. But if you guys remember, on this show, maybe what I want to say about it, maybe a year ago, I want to say, no, no more than two years ago, but I want to say closer to a year ago, she was just, we, we, there was a story, and she did an interview where she was discussing how she was in a friends with benefits situation with this guy. Do you remember that? No, I don't. We, I, I know it might have been before your time on this show, but I'm pretty sure, I mean, you were there, but it might have been a little bit before that. But I know it was fairly recently, um, definitely no no longer than two years ago, she was she did a whole uh, interview talking about, you know, who the people were asking her, who's the mystery man in your life? And she went into this whole big thing about how she's not really emotionally ready to be in a committed situation, but she does have a, a friend with benefits. You, got, you guys can probably even Google that. Like, probably just Google Kelly Rowland discussing friend with benefits, and I can guarantee you it'll come up, and you can see the date for yourself how long ago that was. And I suspect, I don't know for sure, but I'm going to go ahead and assume that that's the same guy because of how recent it was. If not, I mean, you know, I mean, either she met this guy and got engaged relatively quickly or the guy that she's engaged to is the same guy that she was in an elongated friends with benefits situation with. Either way, that's problematic only because if you are a man, you have to understand, and I'm pretty, I'm almost fairly certain that it's the same guy that she was has been because she said she's been dealing with him for a very long time. They just got recently engaged. So if, if if it is in fact the same guy, that's very problematic because you guys know from listening to this show and hearing countless men say in the past, when we as men view you as our future wife, we are not going to be okay <clears throat> with you with us being in some form of non committal you know, state of limbo type of situation. You know, we're going to lock you down. We're going to commit to you. We're going to mark our territory. We're going to marry you. We're not going to have sex. Because think about it, ladies. If you're in a non-committal situation, and we said this the other night when we were discussing the friend zone, the only reason for that is to have sex with other women. You guys know that, right? I mean, you should know that by now. What are your, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? Regarding Kelly, yeah. I mean, I, I just I looked at it like when I heard the news, I just automatically thought, you know, I mean, I, I wish her the best, but it just doesn't look good um, just based off of what you said um, about, you know, them being in a friends with benefits situation. You listen to the lyrics of her songs and, you know, she's very, um, very sexual, gives off a very sexual vibe. And a lot of that, you know, in my opinion, stems from emotional unavailability. It's like her way of trying to, you know, move past that, um, the things that have happened to her. So anytime you're in that state, you can't expect success in a relationship. Yeah, you really can't. I want to do this. I wasn't going to do it, but I, I want to. I'm going to play a little bit of that song. 
I'm probably not going to play the in, like the whole song, but I want you guys to get just because some people are unfamiliar with with like what we're talking about. If you were, you know, if you remember that show from a couple of years ago, you remember we'll go down in history as one of the best shows ever. But real quick, I'm going to play a little bit of this song. This is Kelly Rowland, her song entitled "Still in Love with My Ex," which is which 100% epitomizes the definition of emotional unavailability. Listen to a little bit of the lyrics, then we're going to come back briefly and talk about it. We'll be right back. I never thought that we would break up for the better. Should have never made the promises to each other. So many things I should have said that you didn't know. Coming in from a past with a heavy load. But I knew that you were a good man. Give me love, you were faithful, it showed on my head. I know the questions in your mind you don't understand. Through the words of this song, I want to answer them honestly. Understand, 
why so many women find themselves single and unable to be found by the man that God has for them because of unresolved issues for someone in their past. It's not a lot of women are single, but they are not really emotionally single. They are emotionally tied to someone who still has that special place in their heart. And as we c- conclude our show tonight on how to avoid dealing with the low-down, dirty bastards, you have to know that those men specifically target women who have feelings for an ex, who are emotionally unavailable, who are emotionally distracted. A lot of women have that guy who they know they have no future with, but they they feel like, well, you know, once I uh, once once I meet Mister Right, I'll go ahead and break up with you know, or finally be able to leave him alone because you're not even together with him. It's just you know you're dealing with him, and and that is so I cannot stress enough. It says right here, you know, this is how this is exactly what happens. She says in the song, I never thought that we would break up for the better. Should have never made the promises to each other. So many things that I should have said that you didn't know coming from a past with a heavy load. Well, that's the whole point right there. You know, there's so many things that this man didn't know. We as men actually do know. That's what women don't seem to realize. When you have feelings or unresolved issues for someone from your past, we will always know. There are always ways that we can figure that out. You cannot hide that. So when it appears that someone's just a low-down, dirty bastard, someone's a liar, dog, a cheater, and a player, that's not always the case. That's just how he's treating you based on your emotional unavailability, based on the feelings and the issues that exist towards someone from your past. You cannot hide that. Be clear, ladies. says right here, But I knew that you were a good man. You gave me love. You were faithful. In fact, it showed on my hand. So basically, we got a man who was a good dude. He thought he had a good woman. He even put a ring on it. But evidently, she was still in love with her ex. Now, ain't that a, you know what I mean, Courtney? I mean, seriously, he just got some bad luck or something. I mean, that is every man's worst nightmare. Finding what you think is a good woman, but in fact, that happened to one of my good friends. She was uh, married, but she was separated, talking about she was going to get divorced from the dude. The divorce was in in, in motion. They had been dealing with each other for about a year. Next thing you know, the guy resurfaces, wants to work things out. Next thing you know, she has second thoughts. She needs some, quote-unquote, time to think. She needs some space. Next thing you know, her and the ex decide to work things out. My friend is heartbroken. Is that not crazy? Oh, that's sad. But that's crazy. real, though. Oh, it's very real. I was that guy who heard, who had who you know who heard the story like right as it was happening. This stuff really happens, man. So no, the point is nobody wants to feel find themselves in that situation. Says so here, I know there were questions in your mind that you don't understand. Well, through the words of this song, I'm going to answer them. Oh, well, how considerate of Kelly Rowland, you know? 
I know there's song there there are things that are going on that you want answers to, questions that you have that are unclear. So she, you know, how considerate she is to write a song to answer all his questions. I mean, what kind of crap is that, man? Well, yeah, let's just write everything. Let me just tell you I'm in love with my ex through a song. Well, it says here he has everything that a woman could want. I do a lot of counseling. I say, uh, you know, what what's a, what's a a great man to you? What's the definition? This is what they say. She says Kelly says the same thing. Honesty, check. Conversation, check. A shoulder I can lean on any time that I'm feeling stressed, check. Good loving, check. Perfect soldier, check. Was about to say I do when I know that it wasn't meant. Well, that's the crazy thing. This is this is the thing. He has seemingly what every woman would want, honesty, conversation, support, you know, good sex. Says he's the perfect soldier. We, you guys, missed our show on why so many black women are looking for a soldier, where we broke down the, the lyrics of, of Destiny's Child song that encouraged so many women of this generation to seek out these roughnecks, these drug dealers, these gangbangers, you know, just for some good sex. Uh, definitely check out the archives of that. But it seems like there, are, you know, he has everything, but you know, for whatever reason, this young woman wanted. You know, the act. She couldn't let go. I'm actually, I'll tell y'all something. I'm going to give y'all a little little preview. I get inspired. When I wrote my classic novel, The Love We Had, if y'all are crazy, man, if y'all haven't read that book yet, man, something's going on with y'all, definitely check it out if you haven't got it. But the point is, I wrote that book right after reading one of my favorite authors' books. When we were having a lot of authors and celebrity guests, one of my favorite authors who who, uh, got a chance and really was a, a pivotal point in my career interviewing her because she wrote two of my favorite books, Elector Rome Parks, wrote two of my favorite books. I probably need to read them again because I wrote them, read them about maybe 10 years ago. Um, the Ties That Bind and Lucens, two of the best books that I've ever read. So, read. It's so entertaining. And it was like right after I read that book, I was just like, oh, my goodness, or both of them, because they were like a continuation. I was like, I, just, I, I can do this. I got to do this. Like, I, so I wrote a classic book. Right after reading that, and she really inspired me in many ways, and, and I got to be honest with y'all, that that competitive nature in me is 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 rising again. Reading Gerald Howard's book, Black Woman You Are, is making me want to pick up a book that I was writing uh, entitled "Can't Let Go," from a female standpoint about a young woman who's dealing with who's a you know dealing with a guy. She's in love, she's married, but a guy from her past comes back, you know, out of prison. And you know causes all types of havoc in her in, in her household and as far as emotions it was that that guy who she just couldn't let go of. So I'm thinking about picking the pen back up, Cordy. Should I finish the book? Because I stopped at a really crazy. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm torn though. I'm torn because at the time when I started the book, I was in a much different place, and there's a lot of sex in it, and so <laughs> I don't know. Like I, you know what I mean? I'm I'm thinking about maybe, you know, picking it back up, and and maybe taking it in a different direction, because but the story is crazy. I don't know, Courtney. What, what do you think? This is keeping real fires. We're being we're being real tonight. I was gonna say I think that you should continue writing it and stop being a psycho. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep it in real front. Now that's what I like. Yes, that's what I need. <laughs> 
And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm being a psycho. See, that's that's what I like, Courtney, man. Tell just like it is, man. That's exactly there it is. I'm gonna finish the book, stop being a psycho, give y'all another classic book. So but yeah, no, that's definitely uh I might even y'all see I don't know, man. I might just do some stuff exclusive for the group though, man. Definitely. If you're not in the group, you might not see I might I might just go ahead and post maybe a, a little something, a little a little excerpt. I might dig it out the, the, the crates. Y'all think I'm lying. Y'all think I'll just be making stuff up. I will post the first chapter right now. You know what I mean? Just let y'all see it just for the heck of it. See, I can see what you don't realize. See, you've been procrastinating on your book. <laughs> if my Court, I'm gonna be honest with you. If this if this book that I'm writing comes out before yours, that would be horrible. You know what I mean? No, you didn't. So, I got to put you out there, Courtney, because the people want to read your book. You're writing a book that people don't even know about. You guys know that, right? Courtney is writing a, a book based on her past. All these stories that you guys hear on the show can be found in Courtney Holland's upcoming book. She has a book coming out. I've got about four books coming out. I mean, right? I'm working on like I'm. I don't have. There's not enough time in the day. You know what I mean? There's not. I'm. I'm writing like three books simultaneously. You know, how to win the heart of an elite man in 365 days or less. Can't let go. The sequel to the love we had, and my new book, Redefining Greatness. You know what I mean? So we really gotta. You know. Just know there's a lot of good stuff coming up here. We're not just sitting around twiddling our thumbs when we do these rebroadcasts and we're not live. Like, we're actually working. You know what I mean? So, sorry. Got to, you know what I mean, got to change some lives out here. Courtney, let me, I just want to read you a couple more, uh, or a little couple more passages from this song because it really does epitomize, you know, what uh, the emotions that a lot of women uh, feel in regards to their exes. Searching my mind trying to figure it out and i thought that i was happy but i'm having some doubts now that's a key word that i hear a lot of when i do a lot of counseling you know women will say well you know i'm not sure and you know i'm having some doubts well you guys all know that god is not a god of doubt or confusion or uncertainty so if you're having doubts then that's a clear sign that that's not the man that god has for you but she's still you know that being said she's still in the midst of the doubts, is still willing to break up with what seems to be the perfect man just for, you know, an ex, which is unfortunate. But it happens every day. Same thing with, you know, with my friend that happened to him down there, and I'll say that down south, I want to put him out there, uh, says that, uh, oh, this is deep says, uh, searching my mind, trying to figure it out. I thought that I was happy, but I'm having some doubts. I think I found the answer, and I know that I must confess that I'm still in love with my ex. And I wasn't ready when I said that I loved you. And in my heart, I know that I got to tell you. I shouldn't have gone from a situation to the next, but I'm still in love with my ex. That's what a lot of women do, Courtney. You know about that. Breaking up with one guy and then without with relatively no time passing in between, next thing you know they're dating somebody else. You ever seen that? Yeah, I I have and you know, it's that's why it's so important to to heal, you know, because then you have those types of situations where you're caught up in um 
between two men and it's just it's a complete mess and it's just like the song you know states you know she's thinking about going back to the ex i see a lot of that you know women going back to the ex thinking well we could just try it one more time and this time will be you know um the right time so then they go back and then it winds up being worse than it's ever been before and so then they try to go back to the guy that they left and he's gone. He's moved on. A lot of times in a new relationship or even married. Oh yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Which is which is unfortunate. Uh, what else did it say? Let me wrap this thing up right here because it's, you know, it it it's it just one big ball of mess. This is the deepest part right here. She says, um, "Every moment that I stayed, I dug a deeper hole. I was with you, but my heart wouldn't let him go." All my family told me, Kelly, he's the one for you. I know your family loves me, and I love them too. I'm so sorry for the pain that I put you through, but you shouldn't have to suffer because I'm confused. So much for looking forward to future plans. I lost the love of my life, and I lost a friend. See, that that's deep right there. Because, but, and I think this is obviously from Kelly's perspective, but I think that what a lot of women, they, they fail to realize is that these men are not stupid. And so when we spot that type of back and forth, that type of uncertainty, that type of doubt, that, nobody's an idiot. Nobody just doesn't see that. You know, that, that's when these men start having a little something on the side. That's when he starts dipping and dabbing. That's when, you know, it, he, he starts you know, getting more out of the sex, preparing himself to just d- detach, you know. And so it's you really want to make sure you spare yourself because th- these men really aren't pressed. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're going to be okay. And so, but women like this are, are, are the ones who end up suffering the consequences of their actions. It's not the men. The men aren't, they can find another woman. Like these, you know, finding a, a woman is is really not, I mean I should, finding a great woman is hard, but as far as you know just a woman dealing with somebody I mean it's really relatively just look at the ratios it's not a huge deal, and so just don't do it to yourself just take the time in between relationships to heal and to deal with the issues and to let go of that baggage so that you don't find yourself in this situation where Kelly Rowland found herself she's about to find herself in the same exact situation she wrote the song about. You know, um, what else is it here? She says, uh, like I said, I'm so sorry for the pain that I put you through. You shouldn't have to suffer because I'm confused. That's the thing. He ain't trust me. He's good. He's not really suffering. All right? Good to me, yes. Security, yes. You were all the things I wanted, checking everything. Check, check. You were comforting, yes. A romantic man, yes. How could I have said I do? When I knew that it wasn't me. Wow, Courtney, I mean, if you had a man that had all of those things, good to you, security, um, you know, comforting, romantic, romantic, I mean, wouldn't that seem like the, the perfect guy? Yeah, it would. And so many women, they just don't, they just don't appreciate it. In fact, we did that show. It was a barbershop talk with me, Marv, Lewis, James, where we talk of, we, uh, one of the, the first, couple of barbershop talks we did was uh what was it um when women not seeing a man's potential 
uh, we, that was a classic barbershop talk. We did a show on um, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, good girls who like bad boys. You know what I mean? Like another classic show. Just you know, black women who love thugs. And uh, I mean, just it's just unfortunate that this is the type of stuff that goes on. In fact, say I had that situation happen to me to a certain extent. I was dealing with a young woman years ago, and uh, she just couldn't seem to let go of an ex. Like she just had these unresolved issues. I'm just like, whoa, you know what I mean? Like, that's kind of, you know, unfortunate. But, you know, this is a woman who's now mid-30s, single, still have been dealing with the same guy for well over 10 years. And it's just like, when does this cycle end? When do you realize, like, yo, it's not, he's he's not going to change. This situation is not going to change. In fact, it's only going to get worse. Any thoughts on this whole thing? Do you see how how this exact this whole situation encompasses what is is a huge pro- problem in the black community, but a very silent problem in the black community because these are the issues that nobody's talking about when they talk about that statistic of seventy percent of black women being single. 40% of black women never have uh, being married. These are the issues, the, um, the emotional unavailability, the the baggage from past relationships, being in love with an ex. These are the things that are the real issues, but people like Steve Harvey, like the Iyanla, like Oprah, like the, all these weirdos out here, they never seem to focus on the real issue that these men are talking about in regards to why they're not committing. Right, and I I do see that a lot in the black community, and I think what it all goes back to is just your level of faith because I think with, um, you know, the baggage and still being in love with someone, a lot of it, the root of it is because deep down you're unsure of whether or not God will be able to bless you with someone better than that. And so because you have doubt and you question that, you just hold on to what is familiar to you. I mean, because that's all you know. And then for a lot of women, that last man was the best out of everyone they've dealt with. And so they put that man on a pedestal and just choose to focus on the good times instead of, you know, the bad times, really who he really is. And so um, that I mean, that's my opinion on it. Absolutely. I see a call on the line here from the 718 area code. Uh, welcome to Keeping the Real Fridays. Brother Daydon, it's been a long time. This is Ray from Staten Island. How are you? Oh, How are you, Lady Courtney? Hello. Hey, man. Doing well, man. What's going on? What's your thoughts on tonight's show? Hey, man. <laughs> it, it just it hit me like a ton of bricks um, as far as, you know, um, you are uh, reading um, – uh, reading uh, Kelly Rowland's uh, lyrics to her song, and also, you know, these bastards who you say um, um, women keep um, going for. The, my experience, it's crazy in the sense where what I find is, and I, I, I can only speak for myself, is that I come across these women who happen to be who happen to be black, where they choose this. They choose the craziest type of guys over me. They choose jailbirds. They choose guys who have kids with uh, different women. None have never been married, and um, I, I just I'm I'm confused. I used to be confused by that, but I'm not confused anymore because 
the, a lot of these women have hang-ups for different reasons, whether it's upbringing, whether it's choice and everything. And I'm just saying I just refuse to be confused anymore, but this is something that I deal with, and it's just crazy. And I just, I just hope that at some point that they realize their self-worth and realize that they're better than this, you know. I just wanted to make that comment. Great comment. Let me ask you this, though, take it a step further. When you see that those women choose you or or choose those men over you, but then later on, if it hasn't happened, it will happen. They will come back trying to get back with you. How do you deal with them? Is there a party that says, okay, I'm going to give you what what I want to give you as opposed to what you really want? I'm going to give you some maybe some sex or, or whatever the case is. How do you deal with those women who are clearly torn? Well, uh, all right. unfortunately, um, the one who chose the jailbird over me is deceased, God rest his soul. But um, the thing is, when um, she told me that her and the guy split, I just I just never looked at her the same in the sense where she thought that this jailbird was like her whole life and everything. And when he came out of jail temporarily and... Um, uh, told her that he didn't love her and got another one pregnant and got and got himself back in jail. I it was just hard for me to look at her the same way I once did because I'm thinking like this is what you chose over me. So it's hard for me to give him sympathy. It really is. Right, but would you? So there's a party that considered maybe still dealing with her. I I, I ain't gonna front. Yes, there was a part of because because while he was in prison. We had a great love affair, and I was one of those guys that actually that if I was, if I remain who I was and continue to improve myself, it would wean her away from this jailbird, but it didn't. Mm, and um, as far as as far as the women who choose like the guys who already had um, you know different babies from different women, um, what happens is once they once they themselves become pregnant by these guys, considering the fact that I don't, I'm not trying to go there. So it's hard for me to give them that chance that I gave them in the, in um, the previous, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Yo, it's good to hear from you. I appreciate the call, man. Definitely keep supporting the show. I mean, and that's what we need more. We need more real men just telling real stories so women can can start to disprove the lies and the the propaganda and the manipulation that the government and the entertainment industry has been putting forth. And even people like Steve Harvey, I mean, just giving you guys a false representation of what the best possible men look for in a wife. I mean, it's not these women who are flawless it's not, you know, the women who are who are attracted to and, and seek out these these thugs and different things like that, you know. And in fact, yeah, definitely, God rest the uh, the young woman's soul that he was referring to. That story, though, reminded me of a, a very sad situation, very sad uh, thing. Uh, I was dealing with a young woman years ago. This was like right after college, dealing with this young woman with one of my homies, uh, and. Uh, you know, same type of deal. I met a woman, introduced him to her, hooked him up with her friend. And this young woman that he was dealing with was uh was same type of thing. Off and on again with this with this dude who beat her and, you know, uh cheated on her and just was a real low down, dirty bastard. Family didn't like him, everybody wanted her to leave him alone for good. She was dealing with my friend to try to, you know, distance herself 
from the, her feelings for this dude, but she was very candid about like, yo, I'm kind of in something, but we can do what we do. Long story short, we all met up, you know, we hooked up, went to this hotel, spent the weekend in this hotel, got some drinks, and spent the hotel, I mean, a whole weekend in the hotel just chilling, watching movies and stuff, having a good time. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just a fun weekend, you know what I mean? And next thing you know, like that next weekend, I want to say like that following week, she went back to the dude, was dealing with the guy. They were riding somewhere on the expressway, having a knockdown, drag out fight in the car. She gets out the car, I guess, slams the door, decides, oh, F you, I'm going to walk. She slams the door and wham! You know, car side swiped her, decapitated her on the side of the road. The week after, we spent the whole weekend with them chilling. You know what I mean? She was trying to leave the guy, but she just couldn't let go. The guy came to the funeral trying to, uh, you know, show his respect, and the family chased him out of there. They wouldn't have anything to do with him. And, I mean, you know, very, very, it was on the news and everything here in Philly. Very sad situation. And uh, it just kind of goes to show you, you never know what the consequences, what the end result will be from not walking away from a situation that you know, one, you have no future with, and two, is clearly not of God. The Bible says, for the wages of sin are death. Sometimes that's, you know, that's literal. Other times it's, uh, you know, not. But more figurative But you know Courtney Is that I mean What can you say About that story Not much I mean That Very sad And heartbreaking Just to hear um, One that she passed away But two Just how that happened To her And uh, Wow yeah, It's crazy I, I mean I'm telling you I'm not, No exaggeration Like literally That following week Like if we Saturday night, we checked out the host hotel Sunday. Like, I want to say, like, that Thursday or Friday, she was no more decapitated on the side of the road just from arguing with the dude on, on the expressway. I don't know who argues with somebody. Like, why would you even let that happen? You know what I mean? Just a bad situation. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the show, you know, on that note. Uh, but a lot of truth tonight, a lot of truth, a lot of realness. Um, you know, I appreciate the calls, appreciate you guys uh, listening in. And, uh, you know, like I said, this will probably be the last live show before Christmas, probably sneak in another, uh, we usually do like a New Year's, you know, Eve special or something somewhere around that, that time, so I'll keep you all posted on that. But, um, yeah, man, go, get, go ahead and get ready to wrap it up. Matter of fact, I see a call here. People like to call in the last seconds. But what's this? Four one zero. Welcome to the show. Question, comment. Um, hello. Oh yes, hello. Did you have a question? Yes, I have a question, and um, because um, you know, I really don't want to go into this, and my children are uh, resting. I'll just ask the question, and then I'll listen to you online. Is that okay? Oh, absolutely. Okay, uh, so my question is, uh, what do you do if you genuinely um, have been hoping and praying that um, your your mate will change and, uh, you know, see that you're a trusted 
a woman and, you know, you're loyal, you work, you you try to do all of the right things and uh, be good to them and you hope that they actually will change and um, not uh, not be involved with other people. Um, and you were hoping that, okay, it was a mistake, it was a mistake that they were involved with someone else. But then um, they don't actually change. Uh, and, you know, if you're a Christian and you don't actually want to get divorced, um, what would what would you what would you say on that? So, again, I I, I don't really want to stay on the phone um, because it's kind of late. Um, so, can I just uh, listen to you now online? Yeah, absolutely. Listen, thank you for calling. I appreciate you. I know how it is. Get off the phone. Continue to listen, and we will. I'll give you. I'll tell you what you want to know right now. Here's the thing, and it doesn't require a lot of, you know, anything. That you, your question was, what do you do? You leave. That's what you do. That's what you should do. That you leave, and you actually do get divorced. Because I'm going to tell you something. Men do not change in those types of situations. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but this is Keeping It Real Fridays, and I have to be real with you. I've counseled thousands of women whether it's through, you know, advice questions, women you've heard calling, you know, calling to the show similar to yourself, women I've privately counseled. I've seen thousands of situations that are similar to what you just described and not one success story of where that man actually changed and they lived happily ever after. That's not how it works. There are two types of men in the world, men sent from God to love you or men sent from the enemy to destroy you. We spoke earlier in this show about doubt. Confusion and uncertainty And which seems like This situation is filled With all three So if you have that doubt Right now before you go to sleep I know it's late Ask God for clarity Ask God for discernment Ask God for patience and, and strength to To see what it is And to give you the strength To do the right thing Because you already have the answer I can hear it in your voice you have the answer as to what you want to do, what you feel like you should do, but you don't really have the strength to do it and the courage to do what needs to be done. There are kids involved. There's a family situation. But sometimes you have to step out on faith. That's the only way that God can heal you and then ultimately bless you with the man that, that he has for you. Because the, the man that he has for you is not someone who is going to be cheating, not someone who isn't going to appreciate you like you just said, someone who is going to take you for granted and, and, and continuously, not just once, but continuously cheat with other women. That's putting, I mean, you're, this is a husband, so definitely there are no condoms involved in a marriage. So if you know he's having sex with other women and you're intimate with him, that's putting you at risk. That's putting your kids at risk. It's just a bad situation all around. So I would—I I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but I do have to be honest with you. This situation will not get better. It does not get better in, in your situation. The only thing that can help it be better is to walk away from it. I am a counselor. I counsel a lot of uh, women. I do not do a lot of married couples counseling, although I do some, but not a lot, mainly because most people who are married were married on, you know, just with, to people. It's, it's a union was formed that is not pleasing in the eyes of God for many reasons. So really, 
a lot of people are trying to honor something. They don't want to be married because, or excuse me, they don't want to get divorced because they know how God feels about divorce and the sanctity of marriage. But what they don't realize is they're disrespecting marriage and God by making a mockery of the marriage, the, the vows. You know what I'm saying? If you're marrying someone who is not respecting you and not respecting the marriage, you're not doing God a disservice by removing yourself from the situation because it's, it's a situation you shouldn't have been in in the first place. And so that's what I would recommend for you is to get – God would not be pleased with you staying in a situation that facilitates depression. The depression is, is, you know, it's exuding from your pores just because of the unhappiness that you're, that you're facing in this situation. I would like to help you. I would like to offer you counseling. I would say take advantage of our uh, free month, first free month of counseling uh, with the holiday promotion, definitely free consultation and all that good stuff. You know, this is what I do. This is what Courtney does for a living. We help people walk away from bad situations and prepare themselves to to be found by the man that God has for them going forward. So I know that was a lot, you know, but there is no easy way to put that. There is no nice way of saying it. In short, it you know, it does not get better. I don't want to lie to you. It will not get better. It will in fact, it will most likely only get worse. And I've seen countless times where the women you've heard on this show, Keeping It Real Fridays is known for you guys everyone listening knows. Keeping Real Fridays is known for questions and situations, just like what you just shared. For some reason, people feel more comfortable calling in with these crazy, not crazy, but just super emotional stories. And we've heard hundreds of them over the years. So I would just say, you know, those situations, we've heard women calling in on a Friday, STDs, you know, married, you know, he's cheating. What do I do? Same things over and over again. Listen to these stories. Don't. I want you to have a different story. Don't have your story go downhill to the point where it's worse than it is now. You understand that? It's what it is now, but if you stay, it will be a different type of story. So just avoid that. I can help you with the process. Reach out, Daydon at trctoday.com or 855-55-Daydon. I still got some calls to uh, return next week. I'm a little bit backed up, so if you're listening, you're like, dang, he ain't even called me back. I'm going to call you back. Trust me, Courtney's going to call you back. One of us will get back to you. I call everyone back. Don't, don't, you know, don't start cussing me out. Don't, you know what I mean? But, you know, if you're in a situation, help is here. And, uh, you know, I look forward to working with everybody in 2014, whether on this show or uh, or, or, or privately. Courtney, any, anything you want to add to this young woman, uh, you know, to this one young woman's story? Uh, the one thing I will say, in addition to what you said, is that because she did say that there are children involved, and so what I would advise is to not try to make the marriage work um, simply, you know, for the kids, um, because as I stated before, and as we always say, you know, kids are very impressionable. So, you know, you you don't want your children to see you, you know, going through you know, that drama. You know, I think 
you may not realize it, but it will be better for you, for you as well as your children for you to walk away and, um, you know, divorce this man so that you can get to a place where you are happy and get to a place where your kids can see that, you know, mom is happy. And so um, that's what I, I would say. Um, just Just think about the children. That's it. That's it right there. Think about the children. Think about the and and that's something very key that I that I see a lot. I see a lot of women, uh, you know, they will say just that, you know, well, I'm staying for the kids. But what you got to realize is, think back. And I don't know, I'm you know, who, I don't know who I'm talking to right now, but think about it. You know that you, if you're in a situation like that, 99.9 percent of the time, I've counseled. Let's say it's a, even 500 women. You know, 490 of those women grew up with a, with a, a family that was not together, you know, or that was you know a dysfunctional family where mom and dad were fighting and cheating was involved. You see how that affected you emotionally, you know. See what you saw with your parents. You know what that how that left you. So what do you think the effect? I'm not just talking to this young woman, but just people in general. What do you think that's gonna do? You know, to your kids, if you stay in a dysfunctional situation, quote unquote, for the kids, you're not helping the kids. You're, in fact, you're lowering the bar for what they will settle for themselves. And we, as parents, owe it to our children to show them the best possible home situation. You know what I mean? You, it has to be the best. Otherwise, how will they know what to aspire towards? My my mom and you know I tell you all the time my mom and dad are still married, you understand that my my uh, Danny her mom and dad were still married he just passed away a couple of years ago, so but both of us grew up seeing the best possible examples of parents it's no coincidence that we are now in a healthy relationship a loving relationship trying to show our daughter the best possible relationship it's a it's a pattern. And if you didn't, if you for whatever reason didn't have that growing up, that's okay. That just that doesn't mean that you still can't show your kids that same level of stability and same level of happiness. You got to break the cycle. You got to break the chain at some point. But definitely don't stay, you know, thinking you're doing something for, uh, you know, for the for the kids. And for, you know, you're just you're just hurting them. So I, I thank you guys. I didn't, you know, you know, Courtney. You know, it's something about keeping it real Fridays, man. It's, it's, you know, what do you think about tonight's show? Something very special about um, our show in general, and especially on Fridays. So I really enjoyed it. I, I did. Absolutely, we try to keep it extra real. I think we did that tonight. Thank y'all for listening. Make sure y'all. T- I, I wasn't playing. I'm gonna rebroadcast that uh, uh, the the special at some point over the next couple of days on the definition. Of a Proverbs 31 woman Which if you read the verse It is describing a wife So if you want to be a wife Make sure you tune into that uh, special As well as the best of the Day Down Talbert show All week long So thanks for listening And um, I'll see you all next time Peace
Date on tour, we're coming, change 